Good evening and welcome to the September 5th, 2023 meeting of the Milton Select Board. Before we begin, please join us as we recite the Pledge of Allegiance. <clears throat> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you for that. Item two is, item three is public comment. For public comment, we allow a lot, um, now 21 minutes, um, and uh, three minutes apiece. Uh, and we'll go back and forth between in-person and online. And um, um, uh, based on our policy and by the fact that we, uh, we want to and we're required by, by law to treat everyone exactly the same and fairly, appreciate uh, if you could do your best to, uh, to end at three minutes and we'll give you a, um, we'll give you an indication when you're at two minutes and 30 seconds. So hopefully you can rack up, wrap up by 30 seconds, by three minutes, that'll be very helpful. Um, so um, I, I think we had a couple of people sign up uh, here in person. So why don't we start with the in-person and then we'll go to online. If you could just tell us your name and uh, address, that would be helpful. Sure. Yeah. Can you hear me? Is that uh, fine? Yes. yes. Um, my name is Maggie Clark. My address is 1169 Brook Road. And I apologize for reading this, but um, I do better when I read. And Maggie, if you could just make sure you're talking to the microphone so everyone can hear you. Sure. Great. Um, I would like to speak out tonight in support of the Milton Yacht Club. I'm not a member of the Milton Yacht Club, but my dad was, my husband is. And thus, I've been a passenger and a boat owner boating back and forth from the club countless times for close to 30 years. I currently have two boats docked at the landing. I'm also a parent of a four-year member of the Neponset Rowing Club. In these capacities, I've been witness to what goes on at the landing and can rightfully say that I'm concerned about the future of this beautiful spot, which has become an area of contention in our town. The issue is complicated with many players, but a few things are certain. The town has declined to accept the club's bid for land on which to continue storing boats off-season. Two-thirds of the Milton Yacht Club's income comes from this boat storage. Without income from boat storage, the Milton Yacht Club will dwindle and close over the next few years. The process of dwindling is well underway. The town wishes to improve, maybe uh, modernize the landing, and I'm in favor of that. However, the town seems determined to make these changes at the expense of the Milton Yacht Club, and this is in direct opposition to the Milton Master Plan. I've read the Master Plan, and in terms of the landing, it aims to increase usage. I fully support this. The Milton Yacht Club shares this goal as well. They encourage use of the area through memberships to the club, as well as through their paddle sports membership, which allows for year-round locked storage of kayaks, paddle boards, and canoes. Currently, there are 25 paddle sport members. The Milton Yacht Club maintains the land, which is owned by the town, and the members' steady presence is a bulwark against crime, which, sad to say, is a downside of the somewhat secluded area. The Milton Master Plan explicitly states that town growth and change is to be accomplished with regard to the wonderful historic nature of our town. The Milton Yacht Club has existed for 118 years as stewards of the Milton Landing. Raking, mowing, weeding, maintaining floats, presenting a yearly scholarship for Milton High Senior, um, keeping the docks going, and all of those things are just a few of the long list of what they have been doing for many, many years. 
Enclosing the Neponset River Town Landing is a beautiful estuary full of spectacular nature. However, it's a bit of a boating nightmare. No matter how many millions of dollars are poured into that area, it will always be a tidal river with muddy low tides twice a day, a strong current, a huge portion of no-wake zones to get out to the harbor. 20 seconds, Ms. Clark. And the most aggressive horse flies and mosquitoes known to man because they breathe there in the mud flats. The area should be lovingly cared for, an improvement in change is fine, as long as it shows appreciation for the club that has been doing this for 118 years. Doing anything else is in direct opposition to what the Milton Master Plan lays out as a guideline for our town. Thank you, Ms. Clark. Thank, thank you very you. much. Um, all right, let's go to John Rowe, if we could promote John Rowe as his hand up. And um, so uh, I'm going to time this one too, right? I time yep. the individuals. That's right. Mr. Rowe, can you hear us, sir? Has he been promoted? Yeah. Yep. Mr. Rowe, can you hear us, sir? Yeah, I can hear you. Great. I don't, can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you very well. Perfect. Okay. I'm trying to get my camera to turn on, but I guess you don't need to see me. Well, if you can, we'd love to see you if you can do it. Can you see me? No, not yet. Mm, all right. Well, we'll go without the camera. All right. Anyway, um, oh, start my video. There you are. Perfect. All right. Okay. Uh, good evening, folks. Thank you. Um, the reason why I'm calling or, or uh, asked to speak here um, is concerning the uh, Mass DOT uh, rotary proposal at uh, Randolph Ave and Chickatawbit Road. I am 100% uh, against a rotary um, in, at this intersection in favor. Um, I favor the um, uh, left, uh, a dedicated left turn lane um, uh, with signalization on Route 28 for both north and southbound um, uh, uh, lanes. Um, I, I, I know that the select board has written letters to MassDOT, and I have the latest response um, from MassDOT to the select board from Mr. O'Dowd. Um, I believe that the town or, or people who are against the Rotary, and I think the town of Milton is, um, I don't know if they are or not, but I think that a, a united approach um, uh, uh, with mass DOT, the United approach from perhaps, I don't know if you want to call it the opposition, um, but a United approach, um, with mass DOT, which would include all of the interested parties. Um, and there are many interested parties here and Milton, the town of Milton is a very small interested party. The intersection may be within the town, uh, limits, but the majority of people who use the intersection are not from Milton. Um, and I think that what I think would be beneficial is if we got together with the town of Randolph, Avon, Brockton, the MBTA, DCR, Friends of the Blue Hills, and come up with what we think may be a better alternative. Um, and, and just, you know, there are so many people involved in this. And I kind of think that 
there are probably a thousand residents from Milton that this really affects. And those are people who live in my neighborhood. I, I don't know if I gave you my address, 23 Parkwood Drive, but it's people in the Hillside neighborhood and across of Randolph Ave from me and the Hilltop neighborhood that are probably most affected by this. Not a lot of people from other parts of Milton are. Excuse me, Mr. Rowe, Mr. Rowe, 30 seconds, sir. Thank okay. you, so sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah, so I'm just, uh, I have reached out to uh, Mr. Um, Alexopoulos from the Randolph um, Town Council. I've attended a meeting there um, and there are people at the Randolph Town Council that have mixed feelings about this. Some like it, some don't. Um, and interestingly enough, MassDOT has not had one single meeting with the town of Randolph, which probably 80% um, of the traffic that goes through that intersection every day is from Randolph. Thank you, Mr. And it's Rowe. a state highway. It's not cut through traffic. Thank These people are just trying to get th to their jobs you. in Boston. Thank you, Mr. Rowe. Very, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Okay, one more, one more, uh, just we, one more comment. Well, we, well, we have a we, we, if one we, if we have one person. You have, have a letter from okay. uh, Mr. O'Dowd. Yep, yep. We, which we said have nothing. It. I have a meeting with his boss tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. If anybody is interested in how that goes, okay. let me know. Okay. I'm uh, happy to send you a summary, but I don't think the board is interested in in collaborating with all of the interested parties. That's what I, I, I'm not a good orator. But I'm, I'm, I'm just asking that everybody start collaborating with all interested parties. Thank and you. I think we'll get a better outcome. Thank you, Mr. Rowe. Thank you, sir. So who should I contact? Uh, uh, Mr. Milano. Mr. Milano, town administrator. Or anyone on the board, uh, for that matter. You have our, our, address, our email addresses are all in line. So you can call the town offices, contact Mr. Milano, or any member of the board. Uh, and, uh, and, um, and 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 uh, and certainly it's welcome information. So let's go to uh, um, someone in person. Um, is, is Mr. Johanning? <coughs> Mr. Johanning. Hi, Phil Johanning, Twenty Three Parkwood Drive. Um, I ju I just wanted to talk about uh, the same intersection as uh, John just mentioned, and. You know, I keep wondering, what do people think makes it dangerous? I, I really liked uh, what Roxanne asked when she said, who is familiar with the intersection? I am familiar with the intersection because I go through it multiple times a day. And the things that I think make it dangerous, I, I noticed in the Milton Times that uh, Mike Zulis, uh, maybe they didn't understand you, Mike, but they said that you uh, said that the Left, arrow, left turn arrows have been turned off. They haven't been turned off. The problem is that it's, it's a temporary arrow. It's, it's on for maybe two minutes, three minutes, and then it goes off and it's green. And what happens is people need to continue to make a left-hand turn. But because of the hill and because there's traffic coming at you, turning in the opposite direction, you can't see the person in the, in the far I'll call it left lane. You can't see them at all. So you, you're in the middle of the intersection and you think you can turn and a car comes plowing through the intersection and runs into you. That's why the left-hand turns are so dangerous. And I agree with John, what we need is dedicated turn lanes in each of the four uh, inter 
four pieces of the intersection. And um, that turn arrow, when it goes off, you need to stop turning. Um, that's what happens with, with the light green and you can make a left turn on green, it's, it's bound to cause trouble. The, the person who caused, uh, the, the party that caused problems in the intersection was Mastai. It's a poorly designed <laughs> intersection, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that it needs some enhancements. And those enhancements would be dedicated turn lanes in each of the four pieces of the intersection, a, a left-hand turn arrow, and when it goes off, no more turns. Um, that would protect people. We don't need to do anything else. Maybe one other thing that could change is the hill. When people are coming over the hill, they can't see what's going on in the intersection. Now they say they're going to move Excuse the me, 30 seconds, Mr. intersection uh, to the south. That would take it to the top of the hill and improve visibility. But right now, the way it is, someone comes flying over the hill and you know, it, it's 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 bound to cause disaster. So I think it just needs a redesign, but the basic um, design is okay. And I think it better serves the public, the public that needs uh, egress from the side streets and from other neighbors like me. Thank you, Mr. Henning. Thank you. Right on time. Um, all right, uh, next online, uh, we have uh, Kathleen Krogan Kamara, RN. All right, promoter now. Promote. We had a person promoted? Uh, they have not um, accepted it, essentially. Okay. Um, so, uh, <coughs> Kathleen Krogan Kamara. Oh, she comes. Oh, she's coming out. Okay. Oh, declined to be. Never mind. <laughs> Perhaps they did not intend to have their hand raised. All right. So, um, Kathleen Krogan Kamara, you have your hand raised. If if you want to speak, we'd happy to have you. But you have to accept the um, the promotion to panelist. Let's give it one more try sure. to see if uh, the promotion is accepted. Uh, look unlikely. No. All right. Well, why don't we? Yeah. Why don't we move on to okay. the next person uh, here in person? I don't see anyone else in the uh, online. Not at this moment. Is that it? Correct. Yep. Okay. So, anyone else, Mr. Fung? Hi. I'm Jay Funling. I live at 39 Sias Lane, and I worked as a pension actuary for 15 years. Great way to start any subject of conversation. <laughs> I'm here tonight because the town's pension actuary has presented his valuation findings to the town, and this is a great opportunity for this board to revisit the pension and retiree medical funding policies. Some people call retiree medical OPAB. You might have heard that abbreviation. Now, I say pension and retiree medical together because these two employee benefits programs should be considered linked when setting up any funding policy. No policy should be set up for one without considering the other. Of course, the final authority on pension funding is not this board, but is the town's retirement board. But guidance from this board would be very helpful to the retirement board. 
The rating letter the town received from SNP in January expressed concern of, and I'm quoting, contribution volatility for these programs. The ratings agencies don't want the town to have variable, unpredictable contributions to these programs. And I dare say, the town doesn't want to have variable, unpredictable contributions to these programs. You can decrease the variability of these contributions with the correct policy for these programs. Or you can increase the unpredictability and variability if not done properly. It's entirely up to you. So I encourage the establishment of a policy that will meet with the approval of the plan's actuary, which considers the pension contribution, the OPEB trust contribution, and retiring medical current payments, all as part of a holistic policy. This is needed fairly soon to allow the retirement board to act when required by law. I won't go on because I know Mr. Milano may discuss this later in the meeting as part of his town administrator's report. But I would like to close by saying, I know this is not as exciting as headline grabbing as the other things on your agenda tonight, but it is important and it is timely. A member of the retirement board stated in a public meeting that they're looking for guidance from you. So I look forward to this issue being on your agenda two weeks from now and being voted on at that time. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. All right, uh, back to the online. Um, again, uh, Kathleen Krogan Kamara RN um, has a hand up. Uh, happy to have you speak, but you'd have to accept a promotion. So let's try one more time. Nick, if we could try, I don't know. I did, yeah. Oh, you did, okay. And if we don't get anything, we'll move on. Nothing? All right, anyone else uh, uh, in person or online for citizen speak? Going once, going twice. All right, item four, discussion approval of Massachusetts Department of Transportation project at the intersection of uh, Randolph Ave and Chickatabit Road. Uh, and this is a follow-on from our last meeting. And Mr. Milano, if you want to um, uh, tee this up, we have uh, Mr. Mello, town council, with us. So uh, you sure. take it away. So we had um, discussed at a previous meeting, um, following up with MassDOT in some capacity, and um, speaking with town council about perhaps another way to approach um, the state and and with perhaps a communication from town council. I, I've had a couple of conversations with uh, Mr. Mello about that and I'd uh, turn it over to him uh, to take it from there. And, um, you know, we're happy to help and facilitate whatever the board wants to do next. Um, so, Mr. Mello, why don't you Sure, sure, thanks, Nick. Uh, good to see everybody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously in the context of an open meeting, it's not prudent and it, it probably would be premature, I think, um, to talk about the, the possibility of any you know, or the, the merits or existence of any potential claims. Um, and, you know, I think you want to reserve, as, as everyone on the board knows well, um, executive sessions for um, instances where, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we want to maybe talk into the okay. microphone. <clears throat> Sorry. Make sure we have, yeah. Maybe. Sure, is that, is that better? Much better. Okay. Much better, thank you. Um, so basically, my, my thought is that we could, in advance of the board's next meeting, uh, analyze that issue and vet potential options and the existence or, or merits of any potential claims and report back to the board in a confidential memo um, that you could review ahead of the next meeting and then basically take it from there. Um, in the meantime, on, or on a contemporaneous track, we could, um, I'm, I'm happy to prepare a letter to MassDOT inviting them to meet to discuss any concerns. I noticed that in some of the recent communications, they've, they've asserted that 
Um, they've addressed the technical concerns that had been raised by the town in the past, um, excuse me, including in, in a uh, meet or during meetings in July and September of 2019. Um, I'm you know, happy to prepare a letter to them. I don't know how, how it would be received or what the response would be, but, um, but we can certainly do that and, and perhaps we should do that. Um, now, provided the board wants to go that route, uh, I'm, I'm happy to entertain any, um, any thoughts or input that, uh, from the board about what we should address or raise in, in a letter like that. Um, obviously, I'm just coming into this, so any information that you can provide to me in terms of what, what the technical concerns are, um, issues that you, that you think we need to you know, flag for a DOT, uh, I'm all ears. I noticed that one of the seems like one of the more prominent issues that had been vetted was the concept of a left turn signal. Um, they suggested in their most recent letter that they vetted that and determined that uh, it wasn't the safest option. And that in their view, the roundabout option is is the safest, um, you know, uh, design. And that apparently the funding upon which they're relying for the project requires that they choose the safest uh, alternative available. So. I'm not sure what we would say to rebut that, but you know, if you want to discuss that with me at any point at this meeting, or or you know, feel free to call me, or I'd be happy to meet to talk about um, you know what what we want to raise specifically to address uh, their response on that point, among other points. Um, you know, my my thought is that ultimately, in order to really uh, to rebut a lot of these technical issues and certainly if the town wanted to pursue any you know legal proceedings in connection with this matter it would, it's a practical matter need to retain a traffic consultant or expert um, which obviously comes at a cost but i don't think we need to solve that today but that's you know that's something that would lie ahead if we wanted to really get um you know uh, pursue the technical issues substantively thank you mr mallow uh, comments or questions from the board Ms. Ms. Mustang. Hi, um, thank you. Um, I have a couple of comments. Uh, the first one is when they came in here, um, it was a representative, jo I think Josh Bartas, mm -hmm. and then um, a couple of people from Howard Stein Hudson. And uh, they came in and we asked them all sorts of questions. One thing was with their report that they had that I had a copy of, they had cited that this was the best alternative. Um, they said that they had four uh, alternatives they looked at. I asked for the other three. Where's the data? It was never in that report. Um, so I'm concerned that they sort of, in 2019, went with this idea, but they never strayed from it. And did they actually really look at these other alternatives? Their own report did say, and I think I said this at that meeting, that it, it will increase the queue times, for instance, on Chickatawbit itself. So the backups will be more. And they acknowledge it in their own report. So um, that is one thing. Since October, when they did their Zoom meeting, we were supposed to have an on-site meeting because the one in 2019, three of us were not even on the board at that point. Um, and that never happened. That was asked for in October last year. And here we are, what, almost <laughs> pretty soon, almost a year later, right? So that's concerning to me. Um, the other thing is many, many years ago, I think it might have been 2003 or five, right around there, when they redid that roadway, um, 28, they were, my understanding was they were supposed to flatten that hill and put the turn signals in at that point and somehow that didn't happen. So somebody thought, it, I believe somebody thought it was okay then, 
what's changed since then. Um, the other thing that came up when we had all discussed this with the members that were here, um, they had talked about looking at the whole corridor. And I think, I think Ms. Bradley might have asked a question about, okay, if you put, or, or maybe Mr. Zola, if you put this roundabout in and you have to change something, then will you have to go back potentially and adjust that? And they said, well, yeah, that could be. So um, that's a concern. And then where would the traffic go when they do this? It's a two-year project. Um, I think, you know, a lot of, I mean, even the tone of that last letter, it was very um, short. I feel like it didn't really answer much um, in their letter. And it just, I mean, it's basically a, a little bit over a page. And, um, you know, it, the, the people that are actually working on the project, I asked them if any of them travel this way. None of them do. So they're not familiar as a user would be any of us who might go there or some of the neighbors that use this every day. So I'm concerned. You know, for 1,800 people to come forward in a petition against it is pretty remarkable. That's a pretty large number of people to be opposed to something. And, um, and not for at least, all we asked for was them to pause it we didn't, you know, we said, let's pause it and get some more information, look at the corridor. And in the meantime, do a temporary fix, if you can, with dedicated turn lanes and signalization. Um, and, you know, again, this is going to take like two years to do. So I don't think these are any solutions. I am in favor of, first of all, I think we should do a letter um, and from you as our town attorney. But I also think it should go to a bunch of other people that maybe weren't cited on this, and maybe we could discuss who else we think the letter should go to. Um, I just thought the response was very inadequate. Um, you know, we're representing our residents, and I think it's very inadequate. The other thing is, I know there was a gentleman who came on tonight who was talking about, um, you know, look at some of these other communities. And I believe I had mentioned that at a previous meeting, and I don't know um, if Mr. Milano, if you've reached out or if anybody has reached out to any of our surrounding communities about this issue. Um, but I believe we mentioned that at the last meeting that we talked about this or the, or the time before. Um, because it's always good to have some support there um, or people that are maybe concerned about this. So um, the other question I guess I do have about the whole project is, is there any taking of land from neighbors by eminent domain? Are you aware of anything on that level? to make this happen? Because my understanding is that there may be. Right, yeah, wasn't that addressed in one of the letters? And that's a concern too from some of those residents that um, here we have a project that is not supported um, by many people who have concerns and they're also taking land from residents that are our residents. Mm -hmm. So I do have concern about that. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah, you. I I listened with interest. I think Mr. Rowe mentioned that he has a meeting with someone from DOT tomorrow morning. I, mm -hmm. um, that sort of jumped out yeah. and caught my attention. So perhaps there's a willingness from DOT to, to meet um, with the town. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mr. Wells? Thank you, Mr. Chair. So my take on this is a little different. Um, colleague, um, 10 years as chair of the traffic commission, as I've spoken in the past, also investigating, I don't even know how many accidents and how many fatals I've gone through there over my three plus decades in the police department. But um, I was on the board when MassDOT first brought this on and I accompanied Mr. Dennehy to district six when they 
first presented it. We had asked for someone to come out. Howard Stein Hudson came on board as well. I think, believe that was our request <clears throat> because we wanted some expertise on our behalf. At the time they were they were handling the square as well. They had done some work for us. Um, you know, I was shocked myself when I first heard them say about it. And I know that a lot of people say, oh, it's easy to put a left. The causation, and, and remember, they've pulled all the black box data. They've pulled all the fatal investigation, all the serious bodily injuries. And that's the only reason they're back here. When they did the major rehaul of Route 28, 15, 15, it's about 15 years ago now, they took out a big chunk of that hill and did widen and upgrade all the signalization there with the idea that that would lessen the serious bodily injury and fatality, fatal accidents at that intersection. However, congestion and volume, as we all know, is a serious problem here every day, particularly on Route 28 and 138, just increased, ways increased it. And so with it, it, I wish it was as easy as turning lanes. That was their first thought that that could rectify it, but they realized that the number of fatalities here, I believe, were in the top five of serious bodily accidents for an intersection in the Commonwealth is where they came to the rotary idea. And it's a roundabout, not a rotary, excuse me. And Mr. Zulus, you may have been on the board. I think you were because Ms. Collins was here. And if she was here, you would have been. You might remember a presentation we got from AARP around the 25% when they came into the 25% about how effective roundabouts are in the United States of America today at preventing serious bodily injury and vehicular accidents. And in that year, I think 2019, there had been 14,000 new ones constructed across the country. And two, and, and I hear, you know, the, it's one thing, you know, to change this, change that. I don't being able to anything here. This is a serious, serious intersection. And this took a lot of work. And I've looked at this a hundred different ways. And I understand how they came to this conclusion. They came to the conclusion because it's the safest thing to do with this intersection. And that's the reason, I mean, I spent my whole life in public safety. That's the reason I supported the um, what they presented to us as putting a roundabout there. Thank you. That's my only comments on that. And the town council, if he wants any historic, I'll be glad to talk to him anytime. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Zoll. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, so just a couple of, of, of quick points on this. Um, I, uh, I think in regards to a letter, which I do think I agree with uh, Ms. Musta that we should put something together, uh, a couple of things that have stood out to me, both in reading the letter and then also from uh, this evening, um, I think, for one, the letter promises to keep the community informed and involved in the development of the project and the ongoing corridor study by the design team not limited to active participation in the roadway safety audits, uh, as well as shared findings and recommendations. So I, I think that's a broad promise um, with no timetable, no schedule, no understanding of when uh, these, you know, this, when the study is due to be completed, when residents will be surveyed, um, how they're gonna go about surveying residents. Um, are they just, how are they gonna select the residents to survey? I think we know that there's a lot of folks that are gonna be impacted by this that are down stream for lack of a better term uh, of where this rotary is and so I, you know I, I think we should be asking them for a detailed plan about how they're going to go about doing this um, they also uh, have said that they don't believe that uh, the left left turn signals are appropriate for the intersection but 
um, at Citizen Speak this evening, we heard from Mr. Joining that they're functional. Um, and so it would be good <laughs> to clarify what's happening. <laughs> and uh, if indeed that they are functional, um, then uh, why wouldn't we seek to make them safer um, if they're going to be on? I, I hope that they won't then use this letter as an excuse to turn them off. But um, I, I think certainly it seems like they're, they're not informed about um, if those arrows are indeed going on. They don't seem to be informed about it, which seems to be problematic from the Department of Transportation. I think, you know, finally, um, I agree with Mr. Wells uh, on the overall uh, safety of rotaries. I think that there's, you know, study after study. I, I don't think anybody's debating the fact that rotaries or roundabouts uh, as a general concept tend to be safer. I think the real concern that we have here is that we are robbing Peter to pay Paul, where we're going to get some safety improvements at this intersection, but we're going to lose them further into Milton as folks from side streets are going to be forced into trying to make turns that are going to be more dangerous because the traffic flow won't stop. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, it, the, and this is what we discussed mm -hmm. um, with, with the group generally, is um, proceeding in a way without a full understanding of the ramifications for the rest of the town, that's where I and I think a lot of other folks have the real problem. I don't think that there's a roundabouts are bad and we shouldn't build them sentiment. I think there's a let's understand what the consequences of this roundabout are going to be to all of the Milton residents who live in that area uh, and frankly Randolph residents and other folks that are there. Because I think, you know, to Mr. Wells's point, if you probably if you go back through the logs and look at who has been deceased at, at a lot of these uh, accidents, they're not going to just be Milton residents, they're gonna be Randolph residents, Avon residents, and other uh, uh, residents of other towns who I would think they would wanna make sure that their citizens are able to commute safely. Um, so I'm in favor of, of, of a follow-up letter. I'm in favor of a follow-up letter quickly. I'm also in favor of, a, um, of an executive session uh, and memo to, uh, to discuss our other alternatives. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Ms. Bradley. Just real quick, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I am reading the letter. I've always stated that this is not a town road. I've said that from the beginning, that the expectations of those that we serve need to understand that we are at the mercy of the state and at the mercy of the transportation department. Um, while I may not agree with the tone that they do things, <laughs> while I may not agree with the letters that they write to us, Ultimately, this is their road, and I just want to keep reiterating that so folks remember it. In this letter, the last letter that, that they sent us, the short one that Ms. <clears throat> Musto was referencing, um, it says here that they're putting this out to bid this month. So while we're looking at short-term solutions, um, uh, we can do another letter. We will get another letter back. It will basically dismiss us again. I have no faith that they will actually listen to us. I don't. Um, this is not the first time that DOT has not taken anything we've had to say into consideration. Um, and so I'm just curious as a board what we're going to do here. So I, we have residents, we have 1,800 people, we have all this stuff, right? They're going out to bid September 2023. <clears throat> it's that month. Um, and they're going to basically, they're going to have this, they're going to have this done with, which means bid, bid and approved by the end of this year. So we can do all the letters we want. I'm really interested in the alternative 
things that we can do, Mr. Miller. Um, so what does that mean for us as a town? Um, are there options that you can present to us that we could you know, possibly take action upon? I would love to see that because right now it is a state road and um, I grew up right off of a state road, just probably like Mr. Joe Henning lives right now in, um, in Agawam and it's got the 57 rotary. So we've got a state road that goes right into, it's now called Six Flags. Um, so I was used to a lot of traffic growing up and a rotary that I couldn't get off of. So I understand it. I just also remember that it was a state road and there was nothing that we that lived right there could do. So um, I'm interested in other things and I appreciate your effort on that because I don't wanna do a lot of, we send them a letter and then they have two weeks or whatever to get back to us and then we're at the end of September and they've already got their bids in. So that kind of leaves us behind the eight ball. I just wanted to point that out. So thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Ms. Brown. Um, so on that score, let me suggest um, if we have council prepare a letter, um, um, that, may, that may be a marker. A letter from a lawyer is maybe a bit more of a marker. Uh, and if we combine <clears throat> that with an executive session to consider mm -hmm. other legal alternatives, then perhaps we're, we're, we're um, going down parallel paths on that. Um, uh, I will say, you know, I, uh, just for the purpose of Mr. Mello, um, I think there are long there are the project and long-term solutions, and then there's the short-term. And I think if the, the, uh, the long-term issues have been articulated very well. Um, the short-term uh, is something that beguiles me. Um, and, um, and Mr. Johanny mentioned that the left-hand signals are on. I, I have to tell you, I mean, maybe they went on in the last few weeks, but I, 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 was, I was trying to take that left-hand turn several times on to going towards Randolph, and there was no light, so maybe it wasn't working then. Or, but whenever I've done that, there's been no, there's been no left-hand turn signal for me to, to take a left off that left lane. So I guess that's, that's something that we need to figure out. And, and indeed, Master EOT doesn't seem to think that those left-turn left turn signals are on because they said um, Master EOT has considered the option to provide short-term left-turn, short-term left-turn signals, short-term. However, the options to provide these in the short-term within the existing footprint of the roadway are not feasible based on the existing current corridor demand. And that, you know, as we discussed last week, says nothing about safety. It's all about how many cars we can get through the intersection. And that's what the state is telling us. They're not concerned about safety in the short term. They're concerned about cars going through the intersection. So, so I, I think if we, if we proceed under both, down both those paths, then maybe you know, uh, we'll, we'll, um, we'll at least be uh, trying to exhaust all of our opportunities. So is there any, um, is that, it seems like there's a consensus uh, to, to proceed that way. Um, and, um, do we need a motion? For that? I don't think we do, unless unless anyone you know wants to call for it. I think the consensus is let's have Mr. Mello prepare uh, a letter that we can consider uh, next week, next Tuesday, in our open session, and then we'll have an executive session on um, legal alternatives. If that if that's acceptable to the members. Yes. Any other comments or questions? One question I have, in case anyone's aware, but I, I noticed reference in one of the letters to a, a, a MEPA approval process. I don't know if 
if MIPA review has been secured or if it's it's uh, forthcoming or if anyone knows anything about that. They have, uh, pardon me, I, Mr. Milano, may, I mean, as far as I know, we haven't, that's not been communicated to, to the town. Okay. So okay. they may be proceeding down that path yeah. on their own okay. without telling yeah. us what's going on. Yeah. But uh, Mr. Wells has his hand up and he may have something to add. Mr. Wells. I do believe, I am familiar with um, some of the MEPA stuff from my time on the State's Homeland Security Council. So anytime you're going to touch um, state, particularly uh, some of this Blue Hills Reservation, you're going to need uh, MEPA approval. And I do recall them talking about that um, the last time they were here, that they would have, because there was definitely some pieces of DCR land on both sides of the intersection that are going to be impacted. Okay. Thank you. Helpful. Any other uh, comments or questions on this? Thank you, Mr. No. Mello, and we'll uh, we'll Thank see you, you next Chris. Tuesday. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, item five: discussion approval renewal contract with Coastal EMS uh, LLC for ambulance services. And um, uh, Mr. Milano, if you sure. want to tee this up for us. Thank you. Um, so I sent the Sakota email this afternoon just with a little bit more information on this, but um, our contract with what had been Fallon, which became transformative, which became coastal, expired on June um, 30th of 2023. We did have the option to ex execute a two-year extension to that existing contract, but since it had been through so many iterations, we had been engaging with coastal on renewing the contract um, and starting fresh. Um, and I'll note that Kevin Mont and Ted Carroll from Coastal are both in the audience today, so we appreciate them coming. Um, we've had a very uh, productive collaborative um, contracting process with Coastal since they took over. Um, they ended up purchasing Transformative last fall. One of the issues that we had been dealing with previously was um, long response times and the heavy reliance on mutual aid from other communities for ambulance services. And uh, one of the first things that Coastal did was put a second ambulance in the town of Milton um, that started in January. Um, the new contract uh, that's in front of you is for three years with mutual option to extend for um, two additional one-year terms. Um, it incorporates a um, it incorporates into the contract a requirement that there are two ALS advanced life support um, level ambulances in Milton, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, um, dedicated to the town of Milton. In addition to that, there will be a third ALS uh, level ambulance in Milton for 10 hours a day. Um, that's also available to other communities as well as to healthcare institutions um, here in Milton and elsewhere. Um, but this level of support is something that was clear from Coastal from the beginning when we started to engage with them um, and we were able to wrap into contract language. Um, Coastal also provides ambulance services in Mil Brookline, Dedham, and Newton. Um, other um, parts of the contract include training for Milton Fire, uh, restocking the medical supplies for Milton Fire and Police, um, equipment for Milton Fire, such as Lucas Cardiac Machines that provide um, CPR. Uh, we have three presently. We'll be gaining a fourth uh, through this contract. Uh, and they're also um, giving other equipment to the town, including AEDs for town, general town use um, as we see fit. Um, and the contract also contains um, provisions for quality assurance and review, um, as well as potential penalties if there are any issues uh, along the contract as we go. Um, Chief Madden, Chief King, Town Council and I worked on the contract. It's, it's ready for a signature if the board is um, all set with it. Happy to take any questions um, or introduce the team from Coastal if you would like. 
Um, Ms. Musta. Hi, thank you. Sure. I have a quick question. Um, where are our AEDs currently located, and does this include training for employees to understand how to use an AED? So the training is specific to um, Milton Fire and Milton Police for AEDs, um, but whenever we've reached out to Coastal, they have been um, willing and able to, to support um, town events um, and town initiatives. So if, if we were to reach out, uh, we do have AEDs located throughout um, different facilities already. Um, these would be two additional. We've been talking with Parks and Rec about uh, making them available at athletic fields for events mm -hmm. and for the sports leagues. Um, that's becoming a very um, pressing issue, uh, but that's something that they'll they'll provide them, and then we have the ability to decide kind of what the best uh, process is for that moving forward. Yes. Follow up question. Sure. Thank you. Um, will they be able to check the batteries and everything on them like a yearly? Because you do have to do that. Will be our responsibility, that. but it would be once they need to be replaced, it'll be up okay. To be that's very important on those. Other sure comments? Here? Oh, Mr. Welsh. Thank you. Um, let me put that down. So I just want to thank uh, the team from Coastal. Most people don't know that even though uh, Fallon sold to Transformative and Transformative is now Coastal, um, the main components of the management team, particularly the operational staff, and a good deal of the medics who've been vested in this community for a long time um, have stayed with the company, is still servicing the residents, which that says a lot for um, patient care and as well as medical control, which they receive, which gives them the ability to provide ALS quickly. My only thought to you was usually it's five-year contracts. As you know, Mr. Lano, I was involved in many of these myself. I just think you make yourself a little bit easier to do a three-year and just extend for two instead of half to that. You have so many things you have to do in a given year. A one-year option is kind of just work that you wouldn't need to do. It might be easier if you just, I would suggest amending it a three-year with, with the option to amend it for two for a total of five. And that'd be pretty much it. And I just want to thank them for everything, and I want to thank them for addressing the park and rec issue because I know AEDs on the fields have been an issue for some time. So so, uh, uh, so just in terms of uh, how to um, get this done, um, uh, I suppose we could, since the transformative representatives are here, we could try to negotiate that right now, <laughs> or we could uh, we could wait and- uh... my, my gut is, Mr. Chair, they would agree with this. And I, I think, and as I said, Mr. Mono told me this today, because I just asked him, and I'm like, you have enough things on your plate. If you're gonna go for five, do a three and an option for two to renew. And then it's just one thing less you have to do in a given year. And it keeps the continuity of medical care intact. This People don't realize how important it is. It's part of the triangle of public safety, this community, police, fire, and EMS. and um, it's something you don't want to if you can if you can deal with it today and, and and get five years do it make your life easier that's my suggestion mr. thank Lano, you mr Lano, uh, any thoughts on that do we i don't have very generally when we're going beyond the three years we try to keep um the town's option to exit if if necessary available to us um i don't feel super strong one way or the other. Um, in this case, I, I think we expect um, to have a very successful agreement here and we anticipate exercising both of those options. Um, so I, I'm happy to leave as is. I'm happy to make that change. I, I don't feel super strongly one way or the other. All right. Um, so uh, Ms. Bradley. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, given that and given the fact that we can just continue the contract after three years, we have no idea what's going to happen in the next three years. Got, you know. 
God forbid, but something could happen in the next three years. Um, I'm going to move to approve the contract with Coastal EMS LLC for ambulance services and authorize the town administrator to sign on the board's behalf. I'll second. Motion's been made and second. Um, uh, any discussion? Um, uh, you know, I, I think the, the point is well taken uh, by Mr. Wells, um, uh, though effectively uh, what, what it will take is one more approval, right? Approving it for one year and then having a second approval for the second year rather than having one approval for the two years. So, um, I, I mean, I, in, in the interest of getting it done, since the contract was, uh, was, was um, uh, termed out on June 30th and and, and, and the headline here is that we're getting more coverage and better coverage right away, two ambulances and, and three if we need it. And so, and so um, you know, uh, uh, while, while I think the point's very well taken, um, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to get going. How, how about this? I, how about this? How about we, uh, and I'm trying to, Trying to bridge the gap here. How about we approve it tonight, Richard, and we can always amend it. Maybe we we can have a discussion. And I see the transfer. I see the uh, coastal fellas uh, shaking their heads. But we could always amend it uh, to make it two years down the line. Shaking so, their heads in which direction? Well, the, oh, I'm sorry. They're nodding in approval. They're nodding and smiling. For those so, at home who can't. Nodding it, in it's, approval. It, it, it only makes. I, Mike, I'm fine with that. It okay. only makes sense. And I know this. Ms. Bono came from a municipal-based community. It's it's. The continuity of your patient care and keeping this in place is critical. And I could go on for an hour as the, the, the pluses and the minuses, as, as both coastal reps know. Um, but I'm fine with that. If you want to, I'm fine. If I'll, I'll second Miss Bradley's, I don't know if it was second, I'll second her motion and we can come back and discuss this um, at a later time. Okay, great. I'll, take, I'll talk to Mr. Mono personally as well. Great. Uh, any further discussion? Uh, all those in favor, this will be a roll call vote. Um, um, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Uh, Mr. Wells? Yes. Mr. Zoll? Yes. And Mr. Zulish, yes. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, and thank you for the, to the coastal representatives and uh, appreciate uh, better coverage and more coverage. It, uh, it's really, it's, it's, a, it's big news that we're going to have those dedicated ambulances and the additional coverage to the extent we need it. So that's great. Thank you very much. Um, all right, uh, item six, item six, discussion select board's role regarding MBTA Communities Act. We, we included this on the, on the agenda because there seemed to be some um, uh, lack of clarity uh, about what the select board's role here with the MBTA Communities Act is, uh, both some uh, discussion here about whether it's appropriately in select board's lane and uh, discussion elsewhere. And so uh, we thought it important to just um, lay out what are the CHIT Select Board's responsibilities under its policies, uh, what the law says, what our bylaws say, and what has been the practice of this board and other boards in town. And so, so I'll just, uh, just very quickly uh, lay out um, you know, what we have in our policies and under the law and and what's happened in our practice, just so we have some clarity and then we can discuss it. Um, as I think we all know, the select board um, are the, uh, select board is the chief executive authority of the town and responsible for policy direction of the town. And under our, um, under our 
powers and responsibilities according to our policy, that includes recommending and evaluating policy and action on land use issues. So that's our um, authority according to our policies and according to the town bylaws as the chief executive authority of the town. Now, what about specifically beyond our policy with respect to zoning? Our bylaws uh, tell us that the zoning bylaws, including the zoning MAC, may be changed from time to time by amendment, additional repeal, but only in the manner provided by chapter, uh, General Laws Chapter 40A. So that takes us to Chapter 40A of the Massachusetts General Laws. And Chapter 40A uh, of the Massachusetts General Laws specifically provides that adoption or change of zoning ordinances or bylaws may be initiated by the submission to the city council or the board of selectmen of a proposed zoning ordinance or bylaw by a board of selectmen, board of appeals, an individual whose land is affected, um, uh, uh, registered voters uh, under the uh, statute, uh, ten, um, uh, by the planning board as well, and by a regional agency. So, so according to the statute, um, and according to our bylaws, uh, the select board is certainly, it is certainly within the select board's lane to uh, initiate changes or to um, uh, initiate changes to zoning ordinances and zoning in the town. Um, and that's specific and you know, that's, it, it's, it, it is um, explicit that the select board has that authority. Now, What's been the practice? Have we done this before? Well, we have. Now I haven't gone back and, and checked everything and checked the records, but I, I remembered, um, and it turned out it was less than two years ago, uh, this board decided to uh, um, uh, take a vote and act on a, um, a development at 440 Granite Avenue. And this board was asked, prior to the decision of the, of the planning board, to weigh in on its view of a concept plan uh, for 4 to 40 Granite Avenue. And this board did that, uh, as it has presumably in the past under its authority and under its policies and under its actions. So, so if, if we look at um, our policies, if we look at the bylaws of the town, if we look at Massachusetts law, and if we look at the practice of this board in the past, there should be no surprise or no confusion or no shock or no um, lack of clarity that this board certainly, if it wishes to, um, has the authority and uh, has in fact um, acted under that authority in the past to, um, uh, to initiate uh, changes, proposed changes to the zoning for for town meetings. So, so that's kind of the law. And so I just want to open it up just so make sure we're all we're all clear on what that what that provides. So comments or questions on this item. Ms. Musto. Thank you. Um, thank you for going through that. Um, I have a couple of comments that I would like to say. The first one is one also one of our responsibilities um, under our um, duties and responsibilities as the chief executive officers of the town is a fiduciary responsibility for town's finances. With that being said, um, anything that of this magnitude that we're talking about, um, you know, has consequences in terms of cost with sewer, for instance, and water, police and fire protection, safety, 
it's the impact on schools. We have no idea what those costs are. And so as somebody who has a fiduciary responsibility for the town finances, that's a concern. The other concern I would say is what you can do and what you should do and what seems more ethical of what you can do, those are a bunch of topics that I think pertain to this. We have a planning board who's elected who has been taking this up and they've been having, we have a town planner who's been having, um, you know, all sorts of forums for this and getting feedback and working very hard on this issue. The planning board is as well, and they have consultants that they've brought in. Um, and we're still waiting to hear the final reports on, from those consultants. Planning board, it's my understanding, the planning board and our town planner have said um, that they will need, they feel like they will need more time to have an adequate plan. And they would like to consider asking the state for more time. Again, can we, according to our laws, I suppose we could do some of this. But again, I would say, should we? We have a planning board that has been concentrating on this. We are getting this information um, you know, in, in a manner where it's, we're just hearing little bits and pieces. The last time that we had the meeting, um, Tim had the two options, one and two, and all of the charts weren't even filled out at that point. I saw some information that came through at three o'clock this afternoon um, from Tim with some more information on dimensional analysis and so forth. We are rushing a process which will affect the entire town, which has huge implications, not just for particular areas that might be impacted, but for the entire town. Now, again, you say that it's in our purview that we can do all of this. That's great, um, Mr. Zulis, but again, should we allow our planning board to give us the information? And they are vetting this and they have the, um, the consultants in to get us information. Your own town planner and planning board feels that we may even need more time to do this properly. This is a rush job on something that is very important for our town. So that is, you know, I think those are concerns. So, uh, uh, Mr. I, I, I will just say, uh, uh, I understand that, appreciate it. Um, um, uh, we, we, one of our primary responsibilities under our policies is to the residents of the town. And I understand planning board, you know, they, 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 they're doing their uh, work and that's great. And, and we look forward to getting their views and we're sharing our views. Um, uh, but we have a responsibility to the residents. We, do, we, we have to think about the residents. And, and um, we weren't elected by the planning board or the town planner. We were elected by the residents. And so I think it's important for us to, to focus on that part of our policy that we have to do something for the residents. And, and uh, we may decide that this is part of that. At least we have in part so far. Mr. Zoll. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, just a couple of uh, quick points, because I think we're, right now for this discussion purposes, we're just talking about our role yes. and we're not talking about the specific uh, article. Um, but in terms of the role, um, I, uh, you know, the fiduciary responsibility is something I think that we all take very seriously. Um, I think what we, if, if we're going to take that seriously, I think we have to sort of address the false dichotomy that has been presented, I think, by some folks that it's either that we uh, we, we have an article in our December town uh, warrant 
and we, we go forward with this or that we don't go forward with this or we somehow uh, manage to uh, you know, just take a couple of small penalties uh, and that's it. And, and the, the real uh, choice here is whether Milton, the town of Milton and its elected officials, of which we are some, uh, and of which uh, town meeting are some, whether those elected officials decide to set what we're going to, how we're going to zone per this law or whether we let developers do it. Because we have heard time and again from developers, from, from real estate professionals, some of the less scrupulous members of that profession would like nothing better for this town to fail to act. Because if we fail, they will come in, they will purchase land, they will begin building what they want, and they will sue us for being out of compliance, and they will win. And if you need to know how this play goes, just look at Milton's failure to build enough affordable housing, and now what we see with the 40B developments. We know how this works. It's not a choice of whether we do this or whether we don't do this. It's a choice of whether we do this or whether developers who aren't from Milton, who aren't elected, do it for us. And so I think as far as a, any sort of responsibility that we have to our town, to the residents of the town, we have to keep that first and foremost in mind. Second, I take issue with the idea that this is a rushed process. Uh, we have known about this law for years. The planning board has known about this law for years. We are now in a position where we need to put something into the warrant, and there are time limits for us to do that. The planning board has had a couple of years to get this together. We are now in September. Town meeting is in December. If we fail to pass uh, a, 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 an article on this in our town meeting uh, in December, we will be out of compliance subject to lawsuits, subject to developers moving in, subject to things that we would all, I think, prefer not to have happen. I am in favor if the planning board feels like it needs more time and they want to put forward a request to the state to get more time and they're successful in getting more time, great. That would be, that would be great to have more time. It's always nice. But everyone knows that you have to plan for the worst case scenario. You know, we know this. We know that we have to have something in place in case the state decides, and we have heard from earlier discussions this, uh, this tonight, that the state doesn't always agree with what a little town uh, like Milton, as, as much as we value ourselves, how we, how we uh, our, our, our overall impact on state decision making, they may very well tell us, you're out of luck. And so if we put in for an extension and we wait until October or November and we hear that we're out of luck, then we are really going to be out of luck because we are now going to put the town in a position where these decisions, like I've said before, are being made by developers and they're being made by people who are not elected officials. So I think we've certainly given the planning board time. I have indicated to members of the planning board in individual conversations that I would be happy to see them put something forward together. I think that what we're doing is the right thing. If they want to pick this up and make suggestions, that would be great. We would love to see that. Uh, but the idea that this is a rushed process when it's been a statewide law for multiple years that we've known about, uh, and we are now, yes, under the gun a little bit because we have failed to get some of this work done, that doesn't mean that we're rushing the process. It just means that we've left ourselves less time to do the work that we need to do. But the most important thing is that we do that work. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Other comments or questions? Ms. Musto. Thank you. I just would like to respond to a couple of things. Um, first of all, we all represent all of the members of the community. So, you know, we have a responsibility to the entire community. Right. And that means that we have to do 
what is right for the entire community. We have to be able to explain to people what's the infrastructure like if we put in all of these, if we you know, put on all of these units. We have not explained any of that to residents. How many meetings have we had that we have looked at some of this information? Do you know? Do you know? I'm asking you. Oh, I mean, <laughs> uh, we'd have, go, have to go back and count it. I can think of a, a four. Uh, I can think a of four off the bat yeah, a handful. in the so, last couple of months. So, so okay, so. to um, Mr. Zoll's point, if supposedly we've known about this forever, we're talking about it for four meetings and we don't even have all the information. Um, well, just in response to the question, that's in the last couple of months. We had meetings about this prior uh, prior to the last four months as well. So if you also, go back over the full stretch, it's much more than just four, but just in terms of the number of meetings. But in terms of getting you know, consultants in, the planning board has consultants in looking at some of this stuff. Um, and we have a little bit of time. I don't understand why we wouldn't let the planning board process um, play out. I'm sure that they will have a, they could do their own article and then bring it to us. Isn't that usually the process on something like this? I know you said it can be either way and I know Ms. Bradley's shaking her head no, um, but I think that it's, again, I think that you are not being, um, letting the planning board do their, their work and Mr. Chewinski do his work. We are hurrying up to get something out and we want to make sure it's right. You know, once you get this out, it's out. And I think to Mr. Zoll's point about developers, this is a developer's dream. I know a lot of people that do development in different communities and different towns. They love this law because they will go in and they will buy houses and they will buy one or two houses and they'll make several um, affordable, not even affordable units, multifamily units by right. So... To say that you know we're going to get hit by developers, developers like this. They love this. You should ask some of the communities that um, have something similar. What's going on? Brookline, for instance, they are looking at doing it a little differently. They worked in it for how long, um, Mr. Milano? For a year or two on their pro. Then there, right. yeah, and they're in the same category as us for, for one of the twelve communities, um, and. They're doing something a little creative with what they're doing, correct? They're not coming up with actually 7,000 new units. They're doing something creative. I think that we need to let the process play out a little bit longer. And I think that for us to be um, putting this forward, I, I disagree with. So, so we're getting a little bit of far right. afield from the the. I don't role, think that's but, our role. I don't think it's oh, our yes, role. Fair enough. Fair okay. enough. Okay. Um, and and, and we can have instance. a discussion. We, we do have on the agenda discussion of uh, an article, so we can sure. have a substantive discussion. Uh, Ms. Bradley. Thank you so much. Um, I want to address the select board's role regarding the MBTA Communities Act and um, our role in general. Um, I'm having the wonderful pleasure of reading constitutional law right now as part of my schooling. And I had the proudest moment this past week of my son taking the oath of office to be a member of the youth task force. In that oath um, that he had to take as a minor, um, he stated that he would not only uphold the bylaws of our town, but he would follow state laws as are regulated. And um, I'm kind of in this black and white space right now where on August 22nd, there was a motion by this board um, whether or not to comply with state law. 
wasn't about the guidance. It wasn't about fiduciary stuff. It wasn't about anything except for compliance with current state law. And that current state law requires us to have something by the end of this year. That's a requirement of state law. And two people of this board voted against complying with state law. And to me, as somebody who is really grappling with, with how we're going about this, I think there is a lot of double talk and over talk about what actually our roles are. And our role is to comply, period, end of sentence. What that looks like on the end of this, when it's all said and done, is not gonna be the same article that the planning board puts forth, that we put forth. Things will change on the state level. We see this all the time. And I just wanna say that I really strongly feel like there is a lack of respect to the state, to our legislators, to our governor, to our attorney general, who is working to try and solve a problem here that is a statewide problem. And I will be voting to uphold not only our town bylaws, which I feel like we are doing by proposing an article, it's within our role. I will also be upholding what we all swore to do, which is uphold the laws of this state. This is a law, we may not like it, we can try and, we, this is the great part about it right now, we get to try and massage it to the best of our ability so that it's in the greatest impact for our residents. It's not about being for or against it. It's about how do we massage this so that we can get all we want out of it as a town of Milton. Because honestly, we have an obligation to comply with state law right now. And there's no other way around that. So I personally am offended that two members of our board voted not to comply with the state uh, two weeks ago. I've been really wrestling with that. And um, I especially wrestled with it when I watched, you know, a young impressionable person take an oath of office that they were supposed to uphold those laws. So I suggest we all work together <laughs> and try and massage the best possible article we can to propose at town meeting in December because that's the law, period. Thank you. Other comments, questions? Mr. I, I'm all set. Ms. Musk. No, that's fine. Oh, Mr. Um, Wells, Mr. Wells. Let Mr. Wells go. Mr. Wells. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I wasn't going to comment, but um, my my concerns are not, I have no concerns with our legal authority. I have, I have none of that at all. And I don't like voting no on things. And as far as upholding the law, I think my life, my resume, and my record clearly illustrate that I've dedicated my entire life upholding, enforcing, and protecting the law and the residents, not just the of Milton, but the Commonwealth. And I continue to do that today. My only concern on this, and I've echoed this, and this isn't 440, and you're right, Michael, you know, we did, we took a vote on 440. This isn't 440. This is something much more significant. You know, to Mr. Zoll's point, we didn't have years. This was one of the final, final um, endeavors of the Baker administration. It was in inherited by the Healy administration and um, Governor Healy is still in the first year. So there hasn't been years to deal with this. But to Mr. Zoll's point that he talked earlier about just when he talked about the intersection of, of Randolph and Chick and how a roundabout there might impact traffic in the rest of the town. 
My concern here is our infrastructure. I don't like being anti-something, and, and I'm not. But when someone says 2,700 units, and Michael, you and I are the only two on this board that have sat through, been involved in every single 40B that's been before the town from Falcone to all the Tamposi projects to 7-Eleven Randolph Avenue to the Ice House, every single one of them. We two of us know just the things that are associated with that. Traffic, infrastructure. I mean, look at how hard it was just to try and get a piece of land to build a school. So those are the concerns I have. And then my final concern is this. It does not look good for members of this board to be taking shots at other board. I don't like that. I don't, it's just not conducive to how we, we, we should be functioning. In my seven years here, we've never done anything like that. And suddenly I'm hearing it. And I really think we need to stop that. And we need to work harmoniously with the planning board. I will, this is my final comment. Part of the reason I vote no is because I'm uncomfortable in this lane. I'm uncomfortable in lane because I understand the infrastructure threats that we deal with today as far as traffic, airplane noise, lack of parks and recreation area, you know, inability to build a new school. You know, what's 2,700 units? This isn't as simple as 40B, as I just mentioned earlier. We dealt with 40B. Yeah, the last two years, we addressed a lot of what was lacking for the past 20 years. But this is a lot bigger than that. And that is the reason why. I voted no because in conscience, when you say to me 2,700 units and the town planner himself, and I asked him to illustrate to me what certain streets along that corridor would look like 10 to 20 years from now, I could not help but take pause in that because that changes the complexion of this community not in a positive way in the future. And that was my concern. So to the, to the comments about massaging this and trying to do this in the best way and perhaps getting us reclassified, I'm for that. And that, that's really all I have to say about this. I have, I agree with you hundred percent as far as our legal ability. Absolutely. But I don't think it's the way we're going this right now, two boards going two different ways. I think it'd be much more conducive for our residents that everybody's talking about to come together, talk about this and do this collectively. Thank you. Well, I'll say I actually don't think you have two boards going two different ways. I think you have, you know, collaboration. Uh, when you read, when you're reading comments, if I may, if I may, um, you know, I think you have uh, th this board made. You can't have a collaboration unless one board, at least one board, uh, makes its uh, views aware, makes its views known. And so I think you have this board uh, making its views known. I think you have this board uh, collaborating with the uh, with the um, with the planning board on classification, at least, you know, there was planning board wanted to have a letter advocating classification for reclassification. We uh, prepared a letter and sent a letter advocating for reclassification. Then the planning board changed the mind and that's fine. They have, they're entitled to do that. But I, but I think we've had, we've had collaboration with our friends on the planning board and I, I I'm sure that'll continue as we, as we move forward in the next, in the next few months. I'm sure it'll continue. So Mr. Zoll. I'd just like to maybe recommend, it seems like we're now sort of easing into our item seven. So maybe we should, unless there's further discussion on the role of the select board itself, that we move to is that, article seven. Is that acceptable seven. to everyone? So, uh, so, so we'll go to item seven, which is discussion, uh, discussion approval of Warren articles for the December 4th, 2023 special town meeting. And the first of the, uh, of the four that we have listed is the zoning bylaw for compliance with uh, MGL Chapter 40, Section 3A, which is the uh, commonly known as the MBTA Communities Act, and we have a we have a draft uh, 
bylaw, um, I'm, I'm sorry, a draft article uh, for the warrant uh, and um, uh, uh, for consideration. So question on Mr. Zill. Yeah, first, um, I'd like to just start my comments by acknowledging the incredible work of uh, Tim Zerwinski uh, and all of the folks in town, Nick, um, to, to put this together. I think they've really done heroic work. I think um, nobody should question their commitment to the town or to this work or uh, you know the amount of effort and labor that they've put in to this work. Um, I, you know, I, I saw Tim at uh, town hall today and I just told him again, I think somebody needs to tell him every day um, how appreciative we are of, of all that he does for this town um, in making sure that, uh, to Ms. Bradley's point, that we are following state law. Um, I have looked through this article. Uh, we've, I think, all probably looked through it. I, we've got the most recent uh, edits, which I don't think were substantive at all. We were just t uh, putting in notes about um, height in terms of feet. Um, so sort of specifying if it, something was 3.5 stories, what does that mean in feet? And then putting in open space percentages. I don't think that that was, this is again, a rush job by any stretch of the imagination. You can look through this article and see uh, how well written it is. Um, so I'm going to be voting in favor of this article. Uh, I think again, uh, to raise this point that Ms. Bradley said uh, earlier, um, I, I'm certain that this, uh, ever, that, that this will not be the word for word article that gets passed in December. Um, I will buy anybody a steak dinner uh, and I will eat one too and I don't like steak. Um, if, uh, if, if this is exactly the thing that gets passed through town meeting. Um, that said, I think that it's positive. Um, and I think uh, you know, just to, to go back to an earlier point, nobody's saying that developers aren't excited about this idea of, of being able to build more uh, housing in transit heavy areas. What we're doing is giving them guidelines through this article. If we don't give them guidelines, they will, they will have free reign to do what they want in this area. And again, if you think that I'm wrong, we have seen this act play out before with our affordable housing in this town, which is still insubstantial, uh, not, not, not enough. And uh, you know, again, we'll buy someone a steak dinner. I hope that it won't have to come to that. Um, if we fail to pass this and developers aren't immediately moving into the transit area, buying up properties and putting up buildings that are way out of compliance, that, we, that don't have the thoughtful guidelines that try to keep the town, uh, you know, um, the, the, the town's character together. And just a couple of final comments that I wanna make. We have multifamily housing in this town and we've had it for some time. I've lived in a multifamily housing in this town. I don't know that anybody else on this board has done that, but I've lived in an apartment on Brook Road for a couple of years uh, in, a, in a two family uh, home. Um, I have found some of the language uh, directed at multifamily or denser housing to be um, distasteful at best. I think um, other adjectives could be used, which I won't use. Um, but the idea that that this is dirty or that this is somehow will diminish the town or that will, it will dramatically change the character. There are a lot of really great people in this town that live in multifamily housing. There are going to be more families that are living in multifamily housing in the future. I think that's great. I think we should be celebrating this article. I think we should be excited about it. I think, yes, it represents some change, but it does not represent the sort of dramatic whole scale change that, again, opponents are are trying to tell us that we're going to see. 
We don't see 2,600 new units in this article. We see units that are being zoned on top of existing units, which is the, the sort of alternative path that was suggested that Brookline is taking. We're doing the same thing. We're zoning on top of existing housing. So we're not going to see the number of new housing that people are saying that we're going to see. We're also not going to see it all happen at once. We're not, you know, as Mr. Zawinski pointed out in one of the many, uh, and I can't point to the specific one because we've had a lot of different hearings on this, but in one of the hearings that we've had on this, Mr. Zawinski pointed out that we still haven't even built out uh, all of the housing uh, zones that zoning uh, for housing that was done in the 1930s in this town. So the idea that we're going to suddenly have a flood of new development overnight is just, it's not true. Um, and so I, going to conclude my remarks. I don't really want to have a long debate about this, so I don't know that I'll be making another comment about it. Other than to say, this is fantastic work. I look forward to hearing the planning board's thoughtful comments on this uh, and, uh, and suggestions uh, if they have them. Um, and again, I look forward to buying somebody a steak dinner if this is the exact thing that gets passed uh, in December. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Ms. Musto. Thank you. Um, I do have a couple of things I'd like to say. The first one is um, I have to go back to something that was said by Ms. Bradley, stating that um, uh, I, I was one of the people that was not obeying the law. Um, I am trying to obey the law. The law is different than the guidelines. The law was voted on by the legislature, which says, a, um, talking about a, at least one district, of multifamily housing by right. We had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to send a letter to the MBTA and the letter was completely changed. The letter did not talk about reclassification. Um, it talked about fixing up the line basically and give us an explanation of the category that we're in. We are not being treated fairly by the T in terms of this classification. We are rushing to get an article in by December. The planning board is working on this themselves. Why can't we allow the planning board to come up with the article and then send it to us? This is September, what, 5th, 6th? 5th. 5th, thank you. My um, daughter's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Ida. So, you know, there is still a little bit of time here. They have their consultants in. We're lacking a lot of information still. Um, we have some information, which is great, but we're lacking some. And if we're talking about collaboration and working cohesively and together, we have a lot of things on our plate and we do represent the residents in this town. Planning board has been working on this and they have the consultants in, they have been working diligently with Tim. I think it's, it's not the right thing to do. I don't think this is the right process. Thank you. I, I will just say, and again, this, this letter thing keeps coming up and uh, you know, you can say a letter doesn't say what it says over and over again, but it doesn't make it any more accurate the last time you said it than it was the first time you said it. Um, uh, you know, just, just so everyone's clear, um, what the letter said before that everyone thought was great and after was the significant differences in service, infrastructure, and equipment demonstrate that the Mattapan trolley line is not equivalent to the rapid transit lines and that its previous classification 
as not being rapid transit should be restored. And then, again, no changes to while the short self-contained Mattapan trolley line loop on, it runs on a designated right-of-way in, it, in its current state, its operation is more equivalent to a bus or a streetcar system than to a rapid transit line in the following ways. And they laid out the same three arguments that were in the, the first draft in the prior letter. So again, the, the letter advocates for reclassification. I think it's, it says it does, so it does. Just want to clear that up. So um, Ms. Ms. Musto. I disagree with you respectfully on that. I think it does not ask for that. And it takes out the history, which the history is the most important part in that letter. Um, you yourself helped write the original letter. If you, if I wrote you, the original letter. Uh, <laughs> well, with, with who? With, with Nick. And Nick, Nick okay. did the first draft, and, but, I, but I, I mean, I think And who else sat in there with you? Who else worked on that letter? What's that? Did you? I thought you you collaborated with the planning Absolutely. board on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that being said, and it was a, it was a great if, collaboration. If, yeah. So if you had thought that there were things that were lacking in that letter, you would have put them in that letter in the first place. But instead, we had a gentleman on our board who was not in favor of reclassification who wrote a totally different letter. It's like reading two different books, Mike. Okay, well, and we're not going to go there anymore. You're getting a little off but, track. <laughs> well, no, because you're talking about this whole zoning article. And I think that, you know, had the letter been the first letter, maybe we would have had a different response by the T. We don't have a response yet, do we? That was but, my question. But... No, but perhaps we may have, or maybe we're, we would get a different response. We don't know. Okay. And that's fine. Look, you can say over and over again, the letter doesn't say what it says. Well, it's like reading two books can, with two different no, endings. Thank Mr. you. That's, that's fine. Mr. Just a Just a quick point. That's what compromise looks like, Ms. Musto. This is what compromise looks like. I thought sending a letter was a bad idea. I still think it's a bad idea. I'm not surprised that we haven't gotten a response. I don't think we would have gotten a response to the other letter. I made some ch changes to the letter that I felt better encapsulated our argument by making it more contemporary. If you're familiar, and I said this when we discussed it before, but I'll say it again because I don't think we can say this enough in this country, if you're familiar with the history of Massachusetts, the United States, the world, uh, in the 1960s, in the 1970s, Decisions were made around infrastructure that were based in racism. Structural racism shaped this area just as much as it shaped every other area. And relying on decisions that were made that were rooted in structural racism in the 1960s, yes, I know that some people are not going to be happy to hear me say this. It's true. Relying on those decisions to make a case about rapid transit in the 2020s is a really nasty look. And so I felt like many others, that you could use all of the recent history of the MBTA's failure to update the Mattapan high-speed line. Again, you could use the argument that those failures are rooted in structural racism. You can use those and, and make the same point without bringing up the fact that there was an effort in this town to uh, you know that was rooted in these same problems that were evidenced everywhere. And people have asked me if Milton is racist, then why did you move to Milton? And everywhere was racist in the 1960s. Everywhere. I grew up in Ohio. Ohio was super racist in the 1960s. It was racist in the 80s when I grew up. I remember there was a Klan rally in Toledo, Ohio. And I was asking my dad, like, what the heck is going on here? Because this is not something that I'm used to seeing. Structural racism, racism exists. 
and to pretend that it didn't exist or to use structural racism decisions from the 1960s as a way to justify us not being a rapid transit community in the 2020s is a really nasty look. And I didn't think it was a good look for Milton, and that's why I took that stuff out. I didn't do it because I felt like it would undermine the arguments. I did it because I felt like leaving it in undermined the argument because it emphasized that we were drawing on this pretty sorted history of infrastructure developments in the 1960s to make a case in the 19, in the 2020s. And it would, and not to, just to clarify, it was a very minor. It was a, it was very a small, minor thing. But anyway, Ms. Ms. Bradley and then I, Mr. Well. I just wanted to come back to where we are, Thank which you. is um, no problems. Um, which is, I personally two weeks ago um, heard from the consultants and from Mr. Zawinski and from our town administrator. Uh, Mr. Milano, and I just want to say kudos to all of you for creating an, uh, an article, um, proposed article for our warrant. Um, it's very in-depth. It is multiple pages long. It follows everything that the letter of the law asked us to follow. I want to thank you both and, and everybody else who was involved in this. I don't know everybody behind the scenes that was working on this, but I just wanted to say thank you to everybody um, and to move this discussion along because I know that we can have discussion after I make this motion is that I'm going to um, make a motion to hold one second I got to find it um, I'm gonna make a motion to submit the zoning bylaw amendment for compliance with the mass general laws chapter chapter 40 section 3a multi-family zoning as of right in MBTA communities to the planning board. I'll second. Motion's been Thank made you. and seconded. I'll, I'll add a friendly amendment Please. Just, uh, after the word move uh, to say include on the special town meeting warrant. Thank you. Um, to, submit. to include on the special town, town meeting, meeting warrant. warrant, and I approve that. Here as a friendly you. amendment, I approved right. it. Thank you so much. Mr. Wells. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Mr. Zola, I, I don't want to, I just listened to you intently and having grown up in this community, my parents moving here from Dorchester and renting an apartment and raising us here. And my five brothers and us, all of us in public service. I don't think I grew up in a racist community. Believe me, I know what racism is. I've run around this world. Um, but you just, you just uttered a pretty wide swath of a brush is that everyone in this community that grew up here in the 60s. That's not racist. what I said, Mr. Wallace. I, well, that's, listen, I'm, I'm sitting here listening intently, and I, I can't believe what I'm hearing you say. So maybe you better look back at what you said. Well, so I can tell that, you what I, 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 I I'm, I'm not going to debate it with you. Maybe I don't you should come in here so we can have Mr. a discussion. Zell, I don't no, no, Mr. Zell, let, let, let Mr. Wells finish, please. I just, I'm just telling you. I'm listening to you. I, No one's denying the racism, systematic racism, did not exist and does not continue to exist in this country. I've never seen or heard of a Ku Klux Klan rally anywhere near the town of Milton. As a matter of fact, the only one that I ever was witnessed was when I was a rookie in the police academy in the 1980s, and it happened at City Hall Plaza. And they were beaten out of this community faster. They couldn't even, the police couldn't even provide enough protection for them. They couldn't walk 50 feet across City Hall Plaza. So I just, you, People listen to what we say, and they listen to what we do. That was pretty, almost, I sat there listening, and it almost sounded like it was an attack on anyone 
who lived or had anything to do with this town in the 1960s. My father was a policeman in the 1960s. He rode that train to work every day from Hyde Park because they didn't have enough money. They didn't make enough money to even have cruises. The police station was on Central Ave. So, and I don't view my father as being a racist, So, nor many of the others, or any of the others. So just please, in the future. I, I take your passion, but um, I understand. We, people have their, their concerns, good or bad. And I, I am going to vote for this because I do think this needs to go to town meeting. I think it needs to go to the planning board and whoever massages it and whoever massages it to get it to the best thing that it can be for the future and the protection of this community as it exists and will exist and protecting all the things that people love about it, I'm fine with. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Mr. Wells. Mr. Zoll. Mr. Wells, thank you. And it's possible that some of my remarks aren't, you know, over online aren't as good as if you were here in person. So I, I hope to see you back here soon because we've been missing you here. Um, I just want to say that uh, I, I absolutely did not call everyone in Milton in the 1960s a racist. I simply made the point that America was racist in the 1960s. America continues to have problems with racism. We've had swastikas put up in graffiti in the middle school very recently, and that's racism. So the idea that we have somehow cured racism and that there's no racism that exists in Milton, I think is preposterous. I think everybody would laugh at that. Uh, and I kind of resent uh, the, the idea that you are putting words in my mouth of saying that everybody that grew up in Milton in the 1960s was racist. I, I never said that. I said structural racism is a big problem and we still need to continue to address it and acknowledge it. And I'm just doing that. And if you take that as a personal attack on yourself or your father, I'm very sorry for that. I obviously did not level any personal attacks against anyone. I simply acknowledge the fact that any sort of systematic infrastructure or zoning decisions that were being made in the 1960s had acknowledged conscious or unconscious racism built into them. And so our job now in the 2020s is to make sure that we have clear eyes when we look at those decisions and that we uh, continue to move forward as a town to combat structural racism, whether that's graffiti in, in Pierce or whether that's uh, zoning uh, decisions that need to be made for the town. That's all I had to say. And Richard, again, I'm very sorry if you took personal offense at that. That was never my intent. And I think everybody who knows me would knows that I'm not the sort of person to sit here and level broadside personal attacks against anybody in a public forum. And, and, and perhaps just some miscommunication from two very well-intentioned members. Um, so, so thank you, Mr. Chair. Sure that, sure that's uh, fine. I, I, I will just say along the lines of what what Richard said on the substance of the article. Um, you know. The, it, it, if we submit an if we vote to include an article and submit it to the planning board tonight, uh, that gives our friends on the planning board the maximum amount of time that they can have under the statute, because the statute, Chapter 48, Section 5, gives the planning board 65 days to have a public hearing. They may not use the entire time, and hopefully they won't, because we want to hear from them. And then it gives them, after a public hearing, 21 days to do a report. So if we do it. If we vote in favor of an article tonight and submit it to the planning board, that gives the planning board the maximum amount of time that they could have to weigh in this and offer amendments and, and massage it and improve it, uh, as I'm sure they will. 
uh, through all the diligence and hard work. And so, so I, I think it's, I think it is, uh, it, it is responsible for us to to give the planning board uh, the opportunity to have the maximum amount of time that they can under statute. Which, and, and if you and if you count the days from tonight to December fourth, it's it's pretty close to give them the maximum amount of time. So. Uh, again, they may not take it all, and we hope to have any report uh, prior to uh, the maximum amount of time. But this gives them the maximum amount of time to make amendments, to make uh, changes, and and to offer uh, whatever they get in their diligence and in their in their in their well thought out approach. And so, so I think this gives us a good um, a, a a a good starting point for an article. Uh, it gives us an article to ensure that uh, town meeting will be able to make a decision on December 4th, and it gives our friends on the planning board um, the, uh, the maximum amount of time to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to make any amendments or changes or thoughts that they may have. So I think it's important for that reason to go ahead and, and approve this very well thought out and well-drafted well article that, that is, as I understand it, includes uh, what the planning board has offered thus far on this. And hopefully uh, they will uh, they'll make improvements, uh, as, I, as I suspect they will. Ms. Musto. Thank you. Um, my question would be, why couldn't the planning board do the article themselves and start it at that level and generate it back to us once they've completed the article? It's because of the statute. Uh, so the statute uh, gives the planning board 65 days to have a public hearing. That's required by statute uh, prior to town meeting. And then it gives the planning board 21 days to do a report prior to town meeting, again, required by statute. We, we're not required to do a report or have a public hearing on it. Uh, this planning board is. So, so, uh, so this gives the planning board the opportunity to have that maximum amount of time under statute. So, uh, so uh, you know, could, could, could we just wait and have the planning board do something? That's one way to go, but this is a way to go as well. So, Ms. Ms. Mustard. Follow up. Um, I guess my question would be, since Tim worked on this, couldn't he generate it at the planning board level and then they work on it there and then it comes back to us in a form um, that they've all vetted and that they've had hearings on. I mean, we're, we're originating the article, but couldn't it have been that Tim worked with the planning board to originate the article, worked on it and had a hearing, and then we, we approve it or don't approve it? I mean, that to me seemed like the right process on this particular article. And I'm wondering, um, Mr. Milano, has that happened at all? Has Tim... Um, been working with the planning board on an article, or um, why not generate it at that level versus this level? That is, as Mr. Azul has pointed out, that is certainly possible. And he has obviously been at all the planning board meetings where they've discussed this and working with their consultants to offer um, tweaks to the districts that we've talked about, um, which are all incorporated in the article um, put together here. And that still could be the result here, where the planning board arrives at an article that the select board feels is is better suited to meet meeting compliance with MBTA Communities Act um, and maybe replaces this one or they take this one and make the suggestions that they want and that becomes what goes to town meeting. So it's all um, you know, up for a discussion as, as we go here. This doesn't lock anything in stone. Yeah, I mean, and I will add to that. That's, as I said, this gives the planning board 
appropriate time uh, to make any changes to this. The planning board could come up with their own article and we as a board could decide to pull this article and, and use a subsequent article. That's a possibility as well. But this gives us a, this give, this this ensures that we'll have something for town meeting. Ms. Ms. Bradley. Thank you so much, Mr. Chair. It, to that point, um, I have been lucky enough to be watching um, the last few planning board meetings as my classes get out at eight o'clock, so I tune in right away um, to the planning board meetings. I have yet to see that they've asked Mr. Zawinski for a proposal of an article. I've yet to see them actually do an article um, or request anything like that. So at our last meeting on the 22nd, we actually voted to ask Mr. Zawinski to produce exactly what he produced. That was our recommendation. Granted, it was a, a split vote, but we asked him to do this. I, I don't recall, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not recall the planning board actually asking Mr. Zawinski to draft any article for consideration. So in my opinion, we are, in fact, doing our due diligence to our neighbors and to our residents of the town to comply by the end of this calendar year with state law. So that's where I'm constantly landing on is state law. Ms. Mustard. Follow up. Um, the planning board, uh, are they meeting this week? I guess my question would be, could we send a memo to them asking them to work, to have Tim work on it. Maybe he takes this and he adjusts it and works with the planning board on it. But I mean, I think for us to sit here and vote to, to do it that way, I, I, I'm looking at the process and I would rather that this type of an article come generated from the planning board and maybe it is a lot of the bones of this, right? If they're meeting this week, perhaps um, there can be some discussion about that. We're meeting we're meeting every week in September, right? So, I mean, it, you know, whether, I guess my question is maybe we direct Tim to go back to the planning board, um, or Mr. Villano does actually, and have him maybe take something like this and work on it. But again, we're, we're directing the planning board. This is the article we want you to work on. Here you go. Is basically what you're saying. We want this article. If you want to adjust it, you can, but we're generating it. And I don't, I guess that's my problem. I don't know that we should be the ones generating it. So, so let me let me try to to um, to um, to suggest um, uh, we are um, voting to we would be voting to put an article on the warrant and to submit it to the planning board. And the planning board has 65 days. They're supposed to have a hearing, and then they have 21 days to have a report on it. And that will allow them to do all that prior to town meeting. Um, they could. Uh, uh, come in with amendments to this article, right, in their process, in that, in that public hearing process, and in the report, they could offer amendments to this article that we could consider and, and change. Or, as I mentioned before, they could submit, they could pr proffer their own article for us to include in the warrant, and then we could decide, well, we'll pull this article and include that article. So those are all possibilities, depending on what the planning board wants to do and depending on what they, they decide to do. But this ensures that the town meeting will have an article that the planning board has time to vet prior to December 4th. And that's why, again, that's why I think it, it, and it ensures that under by statute. And that's what's really important is the statute to me. The, the timing of the statute Ms. Musto. So what you're saying then is that, that basically that the planning board um, won't get it done in time is what you're implying no, uh, no, because not, not, because they could they could do this themselves and then have the hearing and do the whole process no, 
and have it come to us for an okay. Not, 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 not any implication of that at all. Not any suggestion of that at all. Um, the uh, not, not, not the, not the case at all. What I'm saying is what I'm saying, which is, if we submit an article, then the planning board, our friends there, will have a, um, the maximum amount of time uh, provided by the statute to do whatever they want with it or with something else. Mr. Wells. Mr. Chair, Mr. Great, Mr. Warren Buffett always says, time is our greatest utility. Yeah. I think we should move the vote. Okay. I do I do agree. I think that, as Mr. Zoll said, and I, I have Ms. Musto's <clears throat> comments, this is what is going is, um, I agree a thousand percent, this is not what's going to wind up at town meeting. So if this gives them time, this sends this to them to, to massage it, whatever they need to do to get the best possible outcome for this community, let's vote. All right. Anything, any further discussion? Motion has been made and seconded uh, with a friendly amendment. Um, all those in favor, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? I'll abstain. Um, Mr. Wells? Yes. Mr. Zoll? Yes. And Mr. Zoll is yes. Okay. Uh, 4B is discussion approval of another uh, proposed article for town meeting, and that was our, that is our um, bylaw to require recording and posting of elected public bodies, uh, and we have a draft article uh, on that. And I don't know if, um, if Mr. Milano needs to add anything to this prior to... Uh, a discussion of this? Uh, oh. Um, so, no, not really. I pulled together um, a draft, just really the only um, other examples that we could find of these were all citizens' petitions in other communities. So, we are kind of um, starting from scratch here. So, what you see is an, an initial rough draft. Um, I'm open for all comments. Obviously, we will want to follow up with town council to have them take a look at it once um, kind of some of the policy decisions behind it are made. Um, and I did reach out to the other elected public bodies who aren't presently being recorded, ask them for some feedback. I got some questions about technology um, and I'm awaiting other feedback as well um, from the other elected bo public bodies that this may impact. And I did um, email it to Ms. Milbauer and she provided some comments as well um, that I do have um, for review. Comments or questions? Ms. Oh, Brad. Okay. Ms. I, I was just going to say that there's nothing wrong with being the first um, in the state to do something. Um, we're often the first in the country to do something, so I'm really excited to be the first of 351 to do something. Um, so therefore, I'm going to move to approve the bylaw to require recording and posting of elected public bodies and request the town council to review and put into proper legal form. Um, I'll second that. Okay, motion's been made and seconded. Ms. Musto? Um, I had a question, and I think I brought this up last time. Um, if we're going to do this for elected bodies, I'm wondering why we're, we wouldn't consider doing this for um, committees or, or subcommittees that one of us are, sit on because we are elected and we're sitting on a subcommittee. Um, I think that's important just as well. So... Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, if you're looking at just elected bodies, that's one thing, but you're looking at us as elected officials. And if we're elected members of subcommittees, I think that should considerably um, possibly be in this as well. Ms. Brown. Thanks so much. Um, 
I'm thinking about the finance committee in response to that, Ms. Musto, and I believe that our finance committee is recorded and it's actually uploaded to Mr. Fundling's podcast. So I guess I don't know that there's enough technology for us to do it for every, I, I don't, I honestly don't know and I don't know that that's in our best interest. I mean, it's a subcommittee that has to report back to an elected board. So for me, I would think that all subcommittees should be reporting back to the elected board that made them. Um, uh Mr. Wells, but let me just offer one, one thing, and, and that is um, it, we're talking about um, the Board of Assessors, Board of Health, Board of Parks Commissioners, trust, Library Trustees, Planning Board, School Committee, Trustees of the Cemetery and Select Board. Yep. Um, there's a multiplier effect if you include all of the subcommittees of all of those boards, and that might uh, that may be uh, difficult to, to administer, but that's, that's, a, that's a, a, a thought that I have. Mr. Wells. So you just took the words uh, right out of my mouth. Remember, subcommittees aren't staffed. Most of the elected committees are all staffed. Right. That way you have someone responsible for um, recording the meetings, archiving, make sure they get posted. Subcommittees, they're not staffed. A lot of them aren't staffed. And then who are you going to put that on? You're going to put it on the subcommittee chairs. Many of these are, of these are just volunteers who are going to now have to be responsible for recording and commit who they're going to give it to. I just, I think we want to walk before we run. So I'm comfortable with it as it's written now. And if a year or so, or a couple of years down the road, it, technology becomes that advanced that um, that's something we could do, then we could do it. But I think to try and do that all right now in one big swoop, we're, we're, do, we're bound to fall into some type of sinkhole here. So um, I'd be inclined to just go with it as it is. Ms. Uh, Mustafa. Um, Mr. Milano, so are any other communities, not, no other communities in the state are doing that? What are they doing? There are three communities that have had, um, three towns, I should say, that have had warrant articles approved um, by their town meeting and approved by the attorney general for recordings. And there have been citizens' petitions requiring recordings of all board and committee meetings. Um, so all appointed or elected boards or committees. Um, in my I, one was just went into effect, and I know that community has been struggling in terms of capacity and technology and, and staffing questions. Um, so that's those are the examples that I, I'm aware of um, presently. Do you know what communities those are? Yeah, that's. Um, I have the list. I can follow up with the list. Okay. Uh, Colin pulled the information. I just have to. I don't have it. I don't have it in front of me. Hanover, I think, was one. Uh -huh. And I know I that for all the names out there. <laughs> I know that. So the only thing, like, I wonder, um, like, sometimes we've had problems even here with people being able to hear everything that we say. And so I'm just wondering, you know, like, we could obviously, all the communities will do their best, right? But there are going to be some instances of, of issues around the technology, too. Right. I, I think that's that's something. And in the way I've crafted and written it is they're kind of held not liable and they can have their meeting even if there are some issues. Um, mm -hmm. I got a comment today that perhaps they should be asked to then just take out a phone and try to record it on their phone, um, which we can mm -hmm. talk through as a potential solution. But um, right now, I, I, as it's written, it just says the meeting can go forward, but they'll make every effort to um, to have it recorded. Mm -hmm. Mr. Zoll. Um, I, I think we're probably about ready to uh, to go to a vote on this, Mr. Chair. I just want to say, though, I, I think to echo Ms. Bradley's point, I think that it's 
fantastic that we as a town, and I thank Ms. Milbauer for her initiative for putting this forward, uh, but as a town, um, you know, working towards more transparency is always a good thing. Um, I, I appreciate Ms. Musto's, um, you know, th sentiment about thinking about how this might be more broadly applied. And I, uh, I agree with Mr. Wells, like, let's, let's walk first and then we can run. But I think um, as evidenced by Mr. Milano's comments about what else is happening in the Commonwealth, we should be proud of Milton as being a leader in this, uh, in this movement. So I'm looking forward to voting yes on this. So, so the motion is to, to uh, request town council to review and put in the proper legal form. Uh, I would just offer one thing. Um, when, it, when it says, uh, and, and this town council may want to weigh in on in, 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 in the review of this, all, all recordings shall be made publicly available within one meeting of the meet, one week of the meeting date. Seems to me that's quick. Um, a bit onerous uh, to be in a bylaw. Um, but um, uh, I, I see Ms. I see Ms. Milbauer raising her hand. I, I, at the at the at the risk of engaging in conversation, is there, is there something that you had on that point? Or yeah, very quickly, if you yeah, yeah. So very quickly, um, Milton Access TV told me that once it's in the Zoom account. Within a couple of days, it, it, he said he they can post it. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I, my my comment is, if there's a technology, if there's a technological problem, if there are, if there are, if there's too much, of, uh, if it's too much of a tax on the system, I, I just think there should be some leeway there and mandating it, it may in a, in a bylaw. So that's something. Maybe prior we, to their next meeting, it could, should be posted. Yeah, as we, as we send something that. to town council, yeah, we can we can okay. maybe get a suggestion. Sure. Maybe Ms. Milbauer can make a suggestion or we can, as, mm -hmm. we, as we get an article drafted for our consideration. So, um, okay, okay. Uh, Mr. Wells. I just want to say, I think that's agreeable. I think we should have town council. I think I know in the ideal world, we can things can be done, but you're correct. In technology, anything can happen. That's why I worry about even being able for collapses and do you still hold the meeting if you don't have the Zoom capability, if you don't have the taping capability. So I'd be more comfortable with town council looking at that as far as uh, the reasonableness of it. All right, motion's been made and seconded to send it to town council. Um, um, any further discussion? All those in favor, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Mr. Zoll. Yes. Mr. Zulish, yes. Okay. Um, 4C, transfer of land to the Conservation Commission. Uh, we have an article drafted there. Uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, uh, Milano, what's the status of this draft article? Sure. This article um, pulls in the request uh, that was discussed um, in our prior meeting with Mr. Doyle and Chair Kiernan. Um, I did include um, a map just to give folks, because the map and parcel ID is a little tricky. So what we're talking about here and on the first colored map is G5610, 9, 7, 8, and G573. Those are the pieces of land um, that they were asking for be transferred from Select Board to Conservation Commission Control. They were both taken by eminent domain in the 1960s for, um, I believe it was 60s, might have been 1950s, but both were taken for um, preservation of open space and natural resources. Uh, G5611, which is in the same area, a large parcel abutting them, um, was taken by the town through the tax title process. So it was in select board property. That piece has been transferred to the Conservation Commission already. So we had done a little bit more research. I just wanted to share that uh, with the board. Um, I did send this draft to uh, Murphy Hussey through uh, attorney Peter McNulty, who looks at all of our real estate stuff. 
um, asked him to take a look at it and uh, provide any feedback or suggestions on the article. Uh, and I'm waiting that now. Okay, so we haven't heard back. Uh, we haven't had town council's feedback Correct. on this. Okay, uh, so do we want to? Do we want to? Well, I guess do we want to give it another week until? I anticipate we by the twelfth. I should have more information. Okay, that that's right. Okay, yeah. All right, we'll defer on uh, C. Uh, item D is the um, local historic district uh, article. Um, Mr. Milano, what's the stat? We have a, a draft with some draft, I guess, of yes. an article. Mr. Uh, Mr. The, Milano. The local historic district study committee um, has been working on a local historic district report as well as a potential bylaw, which has been included in your packet. Mr. Lawfer uh, provided the information at the end of August. Um, he is requesting that this be included on the December town meeting. Um, the way this process works is that the Historic District Study Committee has to uh, do a report. They, um, they worked on that. They sent it to Mass Historical earlier this year. Mass Historical Commission, who has to review it, um, sent it back with comments uh, looking for additional information that was resubmitted to Mass Historical Commission at the end of August, I believe it was the 22nd. After that point, Mass Historical has it for 60 days. Um, they anticipate providing comments back in mid-September. At the same time, um, it was transmitted to the planning board um, and the planning board has um, asked through this process to provide any comments as well. The other piece that has to happen is that there does have to be a public hearing on this, but this can't happen public hearing has to wait 60 days after the date it's sent to the state. So basically the public hearing can't happen until the end of October, early November. So we're looking at a public hearing date first week in November, most likely. Um, so and that's a public hearing by the- By uh, the local historic, historic district, district study yeah, committee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a tight timeline to get it ready for December. Um, it's here, I, I just provided the information to you. I don't know if you want to look at it and we can include it next week and, and reconvene on the topic. I, um, or how the board wants to proceed and, on it. And uh, certainly we don't want to put any more pressure on the planning board prior mm -hmm. to December. Um, so, and we definitely want to hear, I, I think, from the planning board on it. Ms. Ms. Bradley. Thanks, Mr. Chair. I just have a quick question, Mr. Milano. Is this time sensitive? Does it have to happen by the by de, in our December special town meeting, or can this wait until, and I, I, I do so hate to put more things on our, regular town meeting as those are usually booked pretty heavy, but I'm just, if if there is a reason to get it done sooner, I'm more than happy to, you know, pull up my bootstraps and, and make this happen, but I just am curious if that needs to happen. My understanding is that we could go through this whole process and be ready for May, like that yep. there's no trigger or deadline that the town meeting must act after um, the 60 day period or after the, the production of this uh, this report. Okay. Um, I can have a conversation with, with Larry Lawfer about that and circle back with the board um, and, from there. And if, Mr. Chair, if I can follow yeah, up, if, if it's okay, I mean, obviously ask the local historic commission what they would like. I mean, I don't know. I just haven't heard what, what the rushes and and like Chair Zula said, uh, the last thing I want to do right now is put anything else on the planning board. Understood. Thank you. Um, other comments on this? Um, does, do we want to defer on this and get more information or? Uh, seems like, seems it. like it. Yeah. Okay. okay. I All can right. follow so, up. So we'll, we'll defer and, and uh, see what we, uh, we'll keep it on the, on the list and then okay. see what we hear next week and the weeks to come. All right, uh, that is it for 
Item seven, uh, uh, item eight, oh, item eight, discussion approval select board landing committee, Neponset River tour. Um, and this is, uh, I think Mr. Wells or Mr. Milano. Mr. Wells, do you wanna take this? Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. So as you will remember, uh, I don't even know if Mr. Milano was here. He wasn't. Um, the committee in 2021, as you know, was six years into working on this now. This is a um, committee that was formed as a result of the work for the MPIC. In 2022, working off an MP MAPC report where they had recommended um, dredging and a new ramp. Uh, for the Milton Basin area, we came together, the committee came together with the city of Boston and the city of Quincy. When we looked at historically, the dredging operations that date back into the 1930s extended the entire river from Milton Landing, all the, from actually the Baker Bridge all the way to uh, Point Norfolk and Squantum Point Park, what is now known as Squantum Point Park in Quincy. Um, we went to the Seaport Council and they gave the three of us a $50,000 grant to um, do dredging sounding in that entire area. But as you will remember, being on the board, the EPA came to us shortly after to advise that the upland portion of the river from High Park to Baker Dam had been placed in this EPA Superfund list. So Tyan Bond, who is the consultant for the, and the um, engineers for the Seaport Council in Massachusetts was able to include not just dredging sampling, but to take soil samples of the entire river. And as those of you who've seen the report, the report, we did our first tour in 2022 of the river with all the elected officials that would be not electors, but the, the representatives of the elected. So planning boards from all three towns, um, Concons, and DCR, even though none of this is on the DCR, but I think we had DCR was in a butter because of the, the bike path. And I can't remember who else was. I think Save the Harbor, Save the Bay may have been present. Um, but the river is seriously polluted. And it's going to be about a twenty-seven or $30 million, um, which was $27,000, 30000000 million cleanup. We have already started some preliminaries, Tim and Josh, with the EPA. And this is going to be the follow-up tour to let um, two points to let our elected officials see the report, see the hot spots, let Tyan Bond point out the plan for going forward, how they think it should be, but most importantly to bring the EPA representatives that we're already working with to let them see it. As Mr. Zoll knows, he was on a walking tour that we took with um, Hong Kong CPA committee last week. This is truly a jewel in all three communities, and you could stand there on that bank all day long or sit on the sit on the deck at Madre Asteria and look out and see how pretty it is and have no idea um, just how polluted and how endangered it is from an envi environmental point of view. Even though the cleanup is on the freshwater side, the real use environment and, and environmental um, impacts are on the saltwater side, the American eagles, the smelt, the striped bass, all those things, the canoeing, the kayaking, the rowing, the boating uses, all of that is where really grown and have really developed over the years in the section. So 
this is to get us to the next steps, which is really, as I've said before this board in the past, the big thing is to get the EPA to accept this and include the cleanup of this portion of this 2.2 mile portion of the river as part of the Superfund project and that is being done on the freshwater side. It's a major endeavor and it's gonna take longer than any of us that are on this board here now, but I don't think we can walk away from this for the generations to come in the future and for the um, environmental impact this area has on all three of the communities. Thank you, Mr. Well. So, so uh, I'll, I'll just say, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like a, a very good follow-up, uh, you know, important to do uh, to try to bring the communities together. I, we just need to figure out, to, you know, how to pay for it and, you know, how the liability goes. And so, so I, we may not have to, the last one we did. Um, the city of Quincy provided two boats to do it. They will do that again. Um, I'd really like to get do this so they've given us a vendor that we could rent we could pay for this out of the landing committee as was like they're doing the new fence down there now it's anything the landing fund allows anything for the enhancement or benefit of the landing on the water the ponce river want to be paid this won't be a big expense i'll see it being more than eight or nine hundred dollars if we do two of them um it's really critical it's a really small window where we can do yep. this like an hour before high tide to an hour after high tide just given how shallow the river is um and the only thing i'd like to include in this one is that we've talked about tim josh and i have talked about including the press i think um and karis and i talked to him about this as well in our discussions about trying to get this the epa on board is to let the citizens and the public know about this so um so so, so it, it may not be, it may be that we do do it on municipal boats. We could do one Boston, one Quincy again, but I'd, I'd like to try and do it. The boat that Quincy has suggested holds 20 people that, that way we can do two trips, 20 and 20 with maybe do it an hour each. Yeah. And uh, so, so, that's one thing about, there's a lot of logistics to make this happen because there are just yeah. so many complexities about going up and down that river now. So, so, so just in, in terms of, we just want to make sure the funding is, if we approve the funding, that that's, that's a, you know, appropriate. I think that fund is for repair and maintenance, but and no, maybe we can find the funding. Any, uh, let me just ask Mr. If, Milano, let me just ask Mr. Milano in terms of um, funding for this and what's the best way to, so it's kind of a unique, and I didn't realize this, it's, it, it is, the revolving fund is set up differently than all of our other revolving funds, um, but the select board budget does have, if, if we're talking about less than $1,000, that, that is available if the board um, is okay with this. Um, we can certainly tap into the select board budget or other um, town, uh, town hall budgets as necessary to, to make it work if the landing committee is not. The landing committee um, revolving fund, for whatever reason, we don't think is, is right for this kind of a, um, expenditure. You think it'd be better from the select board? Budget? Yeah, I, I think if, if the board is looking for us to find the money, we can find the money. Ms. Ms. Brett. Thanks so much, because I'm a bit confused. Mm -hmm. um, when you say the board, you mean this board? Yes. Not the landing committee board? Correct. Or the subcommittee? Yes. Of this committee. So I've, I have been on this board now as long as Ms. Musto, which she's on this landing committee, so she knows a lot more than I do and it's day to day. I've never once heard them report to the greater select board. Um, I know as being on the finance committee last year, we constantly reported to the select board to approve things, obviously, because it has to do with money. Um, but I am I'm a bit just taken aback that this entire thing was being, according to our meeting on 
August 22nd, was actually being proposed and was going to happen without the select board even knowing about it. I have no idea about the greater good of the EPA. I'm all for cleaning out our waterways. I am all for all of that, except I have no knowledge of any of this right now. Um, nobody from the Milton Landing Committee has come to the select board and given any reports as of date since I've been on it. Um, I literally have no idea half of what Mr. Wells has just been talking about. Um, I'm curious to know why the select board has not been invited to be on this boat tour, um, and yet other municipalities have. I am extremely concerned that there seems to be no, no care or concern that, that we are all apprised of what's happening. The only thing I know about with the Milton Landing Committee is the Milton Yacht Club that many of our members of our town have come here to talk about. So I, I guess I, I in, in due diligence and, and with respect to the, the population that I serve, which is our residents, I don't know what I'm voting on. And it's great that the select board has this revolving fund that we can spend up to $1,000 on this endeavor. Um, but I'm also curious if that money is best spent doing this. I don't know. Mr. Mr. Chair Zules. Zulis has said that this is something that's important. That's great. I'm all for things that are important. What I'm not in favor of is just expecting that the select board is going to support things without any prior knowledge to them. And that goes across the board for any, any select board subcommittee. Um, that we currently have. I mean, the policy committee, the, even our subcommittee that Miss um, Musto and I served on, we constantly came back and reported to the select board. And so I, I will be abstaining from this vote because I do not believe that, that there has been enough information provided to the select board at this time. So thank you, Mr. Chair. All right, uh, other comments or questions? Ms. Musto. I was just gonna say, um, I don't know if Mr. Wells just wants to elaborate on anything, but I know that um, we have talked about it being potentially being a super fund addition. I thought we talked about that at one of our meetings, our select board meeting, talking about that um, about the super fund, you know, that's going on from like Hyde Park, I think the Tillingston Dam, all the way down to um, near Baker Chocolate, and this is the from Baker Chocolate down. So I thought that we had talked about this a little bit unless I'm mistaken. We've talked about the efforts in terms of um, our bring, raising this issue with EPA and making it a, a more of a forefront issue. And we right. have submitted a letter to the EPA from this board. Um, I think that was in August, that was an August 10th deadline. So we submitted a letter with comments right. about their community input process, but raising the everything south of, of or heading out to yeah. the, um, the saltwater side of the deposit. Um, we haven't talked, there hasn't been regular reports of the landing committee. We certainly right. can make that, um, include that as we go forward on the agendas um, after their meetings. Um, if, if that's something the board's certainly looking for, we can do that. That's, that's an easy fix. I, oh, uh, uh, yeah, Mr. Sorry. Mr. Zoll and then Mr. Wells. Um, sorry, sorry, Mr. Wells, I'll, I'll, I'll be brief. Um, so just a couple of quick thoughts. Um, would it normally be the landing committee that would be responsible for EPA sort of advocacy in this regard? It has been. We were the ones that invited the EPA to come before the board in the beginning. 
Okay, but I'm just curious from like a town administrative perspective, is that the, like, I, I appreciate the initiative, Mr. Wells, but I'm just curious about the, is that is that where it would normally have sat or? We advocate, this board advocated with the EPA for the Superfund staff. Okay, that's what I was, that's kind of what I was going at. And I, I think certainly, I mean, as Mr. Wells mentioned earlier, um, you know, I, I related to the uh, the earlier article on the, um, the saltwater marsh uh, land. I, I don't think anybody can argue with the importance of uh, the ecological importance of that land uh, and securing um, federal funds to help um, you know secure it and make and and, and clean it. Ideally, um, I, I guess uh, I'm always just curious about what the um, sort of what what would our, what would success metrics look like for uh, this river tour. Um, and, and maybe Mr. Wells, uh, I'll turn it over to you because I'm just curious to know, like, from your perspective, um, how would a, like if the river tour happens, and then what what would you hope to see as a, as a result of that river tour, Mr. Wells? So the first aspect of it is that you you, I guess I could say the same as what you saw from the walking tour that you took um, last week on this saltwater basin in the in the marsh with the concon, is that and I've said this before this again, I can't even think how many times I've reported on issues here to everything to getting the bylaw, getting it passed, to the, the purchase of the land from 88 WAF, all of those, all endeavors of this committee, which have been all before the entire board. But I'm not going to believe on this. So the purpose of this is, A, as I said, is a follow-up to it. We've already done this. We did this in 2021 just to bring awareness and to bring the seaport to council to the table to see if they would listen to us. And they gave us um, a $50,000 grant immediately, and they were expecting from us a grant for up to a million dollars this year, which is a direct result of the work that came from the MPIC and all the MAPC work that I was handed seven years ago when we started this committee um, to dredge the entire basin. But when Ty and Bond found the pollution, that stopped everything. And the link to the pollution is the upstream contaminants that have flowed through the dam into the saltwater marsh for now over 50 years, maybe even seven, five years. And so we need to have the EPA see it, understand it. We need to, we took the lead in this with Quincy and Boston from the beginning. We've been the lead agency in this from day one. Um, is to bring them all back to the table. They're expecting it. Ty and Bond is related to them. You've all seen the report. The report was sent to Mr. Milano and Tim Zawinski. If you haven't read it, I suggest you read it. It's over 25 pages long. Um, if you don't want me to do this, I'll walk away from it. But we're six years into this endeavor. And as Mr. Zulis knows, this is a section of town that took 40 years of rent from a yacht club, left everything else to be an eyesore, did nothing nothing to enhance anything there but just to include the water and just let it rot and this has been six years of hard work to try and bring some semblance of as the woman miss cox said the ability of residents to gain access and use a clean viable estuary known as the ponce river basin between milton we already half of the river boston owns half of it we don't have the midline the center of the river is the midline between the two communities 
thank, thank you, Mr. Wells. And I don't think anyone has suggested to, that you should walk away uh, on this. I, I, I just, uh, I just, we, if we want to figure out um, um, what it's going to consist of, you know, how we're going to do it, how we're going to pay, and I, I think you've answered the question how we're going to do it, how we think we're going to do it. Um, I think there's a question of how best to pay for it, uh, which Mr. Milano suggested maybe it should come out of our budget, and and then and then beyond that, I just. I think uh, some of the members want to know what's going to consist of who gets invited, right. you know, when it is, all of that stuff. Just, just to just make sure that everybody, the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. That's what the it's board, Anyone from the board wants to go? I'll clearly have it posted for attendance. We did that last time, and the only other member who attended was um, Melinda attended. Right. And um, it, it, and again, it's 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 it, it'd be really I think it'd be the board, you know, since the board's paying for it, the board's doing it. But but, I, you know, I think it sounds like we would be delegating you to to, to again, to, I could to, do to, it in a way that we don't have to pay for it. I did it. The reason that I thought of chartering the boat, paying for it is to try and get everyone in two trips all together. <clears throat> That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to and, and get I, as much exposure to this I, as we can understand. possibly do. Understand. Given I, what we know today. Yeah. Six years into this, and 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 it sounds like it's something that makes sense for the town to do, you know, well, you know, as 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 the board for the board to do, and for 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 you as the member, the representative of the board, maybe to be the you know delegated to to do it on behalf of the board. Um, so so I think there's there's kind of consensus on this that we should uh, we should do it subject to making sure we know Just what's going more information. on, and get, get all the information, and then also. Uh, Figuring out the best way to pay for it, um, and who's liable? And who's liable? Uh, if if we're if we're chartering a boat, we got to. There's, there's no liability. If we charter a boat, we charter we charter a registered boat. There's no liability money. Well, but it's, it's, no no, than, it's no different. It's no different than renting a bus to go on a school. Right. You know, it's, it's just it's no different. We just need to make sure that we're covered under the town's insurance policy. That's all. That's that's all. And I'm sure that's the case. But we just need to make sure that in case the boat sinks, right? So. <laughs> Um, um, so, so could uh, we, but Mr. Chair, could uh, I, Mr. Just, could I make a question about a motion? Could we make a motion where we, um, approve sort of preliminary approve this as a concept and we ask, uh, Mr. Wells, um, at, to, as serving as the point person on this, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, tour, um, <laughs> not got you said that liability thing. I just thought Gilligan's Island. I've, I've been out there. I know that it can happen, but you know, it's not, it's not a three-hour tour. It's just a one-hour tour. So I think we're all we're, we'll be safe. Um, but maybe we can make a motion to ask Mr. Wells to come back to the board here with a sort of a budget um, that we could look at and an idea of like maybe a list of recommended attendees. And I I think certainly um, to to the earlier point. Um, that you know, as the select board is sort of like the, the chief negotiator with the EPA on this sort of work, it would make sense to at least invite all of the select board members. Some of them may not want to uh, to join. I, I I would be interested, uh, but if we could ask uh, Mr. Wells to come back, is that something that we could do? And is it, is it, in, in terms of time sensitivity, Richard, is this something we could? I'm looking. Mark? I'm looking for the wiki the 11th, so we could. I mean, it may not be any money because if I get municipal boats that can work, then we'll just have. Either Quincy or Boston do this for us as we did last time. Um, this just seemed when this was suggested to me, this just seemed a, a so, um, more amenable thing. I know the press has asked many times during our meetings, could we ever get access to the river? We've been asked it before. 
Um, and we did tell the Abutters, which would be the Yacht Club, the Ponson Rowing Club, uh, Adams Inn on the Quincy side, uh, the Ponson Valley Yacht Club. I think Boston has two Abutters on their side, two or three Abutters that they would have a chance to go out and see this and have it explained to them because I don't think anyone, to include myself, had any clue um, that this would wind up being as polluted as it is. So, so in terms of the board, you know, approving this uh, this activity and, and, and taking this action on behalf of the board and, and and maybe paying for it, is this something that we could that we could that we could finalize on the twelfth? Yeah, because I oh no, because I want to do it by the eleventh. So so that's a uh, week from. That's, I don't know we're next week, aren't we? Next week. Yeah, next yeah, week yeah. Is next the week is the twelfth. So you want to? Uh, so yeah, let me. Um, so let me look at next week. I haven't talked to him today. I'll, I'll know tomorrow. So I'll let Mr. Milano know tomorrow. I don't want to go too late because then it gets it just gets cold. I don't want to get into the um, I don't want to get into the fall. I'd like to get it done sooner versus later. Just we're waiting for the final report from Ty and Bond. We had the preliminary. We're waiting, waiting. Finally, they got it out last month. And Tim and Josh have been talking regularly with the EPA reps, and we all agreed. Many times discussed it at one of our meetings. We need to do this follow-up, and we definitely want to get them there to see it. You know, they're just hearing things that we're telling them. They're reading reports. They've never got it. As, as Mr. Zoll saw, it's a totally different animal when you're out there and you're walking in the marsh, you're on the marsh, or riding in the river, than to just drive over the Royce Smith Bridge and look out. So, so, so it sounds like this is something we could, we could, we could, uh, we could uh, come to ground on on next Tuesday because. You know, no invitations have gone out. Nothing's really been planned yet, sounds like. Ms. Ms. Musto. Thank you. I was just wondering, Richard, um, I know that you were thinking the, the week of the 11th, but what if it ended up being like the 12th or something? I'm wondering if maybe the board should... It could be. It could be. The th I, I didn't look at next week's calendar. I'm out of town. I'm leaving on the 16th, and I'll be gone until the 25th, so that whole week is gone. I wanted to get it done before we get close to it. It's going to be October before you know it. Um and I may not need any money. And if I don't need any money, then I would convey that to uh, Mr. Milano, and then I would just ask him to post for attendance um, for that. So I guess my question is, could we preliminarily approve something like this? And he works out the details with Mr. Milano, and we get an email on it as to when it will be and so forth, because I think it depends on the tides, correct? Right. And that's what he gave me. He was looking towards the end of that week oh. as being the time. We don't want to do this in the dark. We want to do this like... Yeah. Either late afternoon or midday. Yeah, we, okay. we, we and we can't approve anything by email. Uh, so, so, so. Well, no. If we can prove up to like a certain amount of money, and if it ends up being no money, then right. You know, but but I unless you can bring it in for next week. But I guess that, yeah, for next week, I, I think it'd be good to kind of know who's getting invited and who's inviting. Is it the select so inviting or is it? The, it's basically the representatives that were there originally. You know, each community when we went to them. I think the only other ones that I included were. Um, the EPA reps and uh, I think the press, the Times, Dorchester, one of the Dorchester reporter there, um, Quincy Patriot Ledger and the Quincy Sun. Mr. Zoll. Um, I, I do think it's, a, it's an important point about, um, so getting the list of who's being, uh, who's being invited and then also I think a formal invitation from the town probably makes the most sense to make this as official and as impactful as possible. Um, because I, all I, the players I, are already at the table. I mean, they're already the, the, the representatives from each city 
Ian Artown are already there. You know, we already, okay, Josh well, has well, the list. Well, we already know who they are. You know, we're not inviting Mayor Wu or Mayor Polk. It just, it'll become too big. You just can't do it. Okay. Well, I don't disagree with you, uh, Mr. Wells. I, I just think that it would be, I think the best form would be to have the, you know, the town, and it doesn't have to be to the mayor, but to the right party, to make sure that everyone knows that this is something that the that the town that the select board supports uh, as a whole. Uh, I think would would be the most impactful um, way to do it. Um, just my just my two cents on this, but we could discuss it maybe on on Tuesday. Yeah, but I, you would think that. If we wanted to do it towards the end of next week, we would want to have invitation letters ready to like roll as quickly as possible. Okay. At least have just a formal invitation of whatever else has been set up. Sorry, Mr. Chair. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. All right. So we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, put this on for next Tuesday and and hopefully get it all um, get it going and have a great uh, have a great tour. Not a just an hour tour. An hour tour. <laughs> an hour tour. One no. hour tour. Um, all right. Um, okay. Uh, item item nine is town administrator's report. Uh, thank you. Um, we had a new a uh, few new employees start uh, today. Gene Whitman started down at the Department of Public Works. Uh, we have now filled Kathy Bowen's position, um, who retired earlier this summer. Philip Driscoll moved into her position and Ms. Whitman joined um, Chase's staff today. Uh, at long last, we have found an information technology assistant to work in the IT department with our much overworked uh, Rob Mallett. So we are all very excited for Rob. Um, Mar Harrington started in IT today. So just to take a load off of Rob, let him actually you know, decompress when he goes home and not have to worry about the phone call. He was away on vacation. It took a couple of days off a couple of weeks ago, and the next day there was an email issue, of course, his first day away. So this will make his life a little bit easier, and we're grateful for that. So, and extremely grateful for all the work that we've done and while we've been struggling to fill this position. Um, lastly, Carolyn Ho was hired in the Board of Health to um, be their health agent. So the Board of Health is now back to full staffing after having been down um, two individuals for, for quite some time. So good news uh, for Caroline and her team in the Board of Health. It was mentioned earlier this evening, actually maybe before the meeting, but Porch Fest is this Saturday, September 9th, starting at noon, um, primarily in the Elliott Street area, but um, a little bit broader than that as well. A lot of information on their website. Um, so it should be a nice day of music. Uh, hopefully the weather holds up. Uh, what was the other thing? Uh, Jay Funling mentioned this in our public comment. He did steal some of my thunder. I had distributed the actuarial report for our pension system, our retirement board system in late August. Um, the system is, as Jay mentioned, fully funded. Um, by my count, that makes us one of five, one of four in Massachusetts with a fully funded retirement system, well ahead of the 2040 deadline for um, cities and towns to be fully funded. Um, a lot of cities and towns are in county systems, but those aren't gonna be funded in some time. Um, this has a substantial impact on the town's operating budget moving forward. We're paying approximately $4.5 million to the retirement board to get to full funding. Um, now that we are at full funding, uh, we no longer have a bill of $4.5 million to, to the retirement board. Um, we had some discussions and, and voted on a policy last year about OPEB and, and what to do when we got to full funding. We anticipated it for fiscal 27. 
it's a couple of years early. Uh, that's a good problem to have. Um, so we're working on evaluating that policy and figuring out what the next best steps are. So this is um, big news, a very exciting uh, thing to happen, as boring as the topic might sound. Um, but it has a substantial impact on our budget and on um, addressing our other long-term liability, which is uh, retiree health insurance. Um, the MBTA announced that the red line will be shut down, including the Mattapan High Speed Line, for 16 days in October, the 14th through the 29th. We don't have any more information beyond that. Um, as the T provides additional information, we assume the shuttle buses will follow their typical routes. Um, but as we get more information, um, we'll, we'll be sure to sh share that with um, folks in town. Um, and that's from JFK down. Correct. Right? Yes. The red line from Mattapan to Ashmont and then Ashmont to JFK is all going to be closed. Um, they, they did say that they wouldn't, anybody riding the Mattapan high speed line will have a direct line if they, direct ride if they want it all the way in and would not have to exit Ashmont, but we're just going to have to understand how that will play out a little bit more. There wouldn't be a transfer at Ashmont, I should say. Um, lastly, uh, Colin Loisel, who started July 31st as our assistant town administrator. Um, is in Tingsboro this evening because the board in Tingsboro is offering him the position of town manager. Um, this is quite an <laughs> exciting time for Colin, but what had happened was the town manager in Tingsboro left, um, got a new job in Bedford, um, and the board in Tingsboro, when they were discussing what to do next, just said, why don't we hire Colin? And the board voted 5 nothing to forego any kind of search to directly recruit him and make him an offer um, on a week ago tonight. And so it's uh, quite an opportunity for him. We, he was only here for a very, very short time, but we saw his value and clearly the folks in Tingsboro saw that value and um, saw it so much that they were ready to offer him a job um, in one night. So uh, congratulations to him. He'll be in Milton for two more weeks and then he'll be starting, he'll be here on, on September 19th and he'll be in Tingsboro on September 20th. Um, so while we appreciate his work, especially if you've seen the communications change in the last six weeks, it's been due to him internally. He's jumped into a ton of projects. Um, so we're hopeful to um, figure out what we're going to do with that position moving forward. And um, maybe um, six weeks under my tutelage is not all somebody needs to go get a new job. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll cross that bridge there. Um, and lastly, I just wanted to make a comment. Um, one thing that I'm hearing a bit is um, from staff is just concerns with um, comments both from residents and from board members about um, how they're being spoken about or treated. So I just would like folks to, to remember that policy decisions in this town are made by the elected boards. Um, staff are there to support um, and provide information, provide recommendations, provide information, certainly ha share their perspective. But at the end of the day, the, the elected bodies here in town are the ones making the big policy decisions. Um, we're obviously in the middle of those conversations. Um, but uh, we just ask that ire and frustration um, can be directed to me. That is okay. Uh, I ask that you um, just uh, give, you know, I'm obviously speaking of the planning department staff in particular, but, um, you know, just give them the grace that they, they come to Milton every day, dedicating their time, many, many hours of night meetings, um, morning meetings, et cetera, um, to doing a job. And, and we're very, very grateful for that work. Um, so just wanted to share that message with everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Milano. And, and just jumping off a couple of the things that you mentioned in the chair's report, uh, just to be put a point on it, um, 
the last thing you mentioned, um, we all signed up for this. The elected officials all signed up to be criticized and disparaged. And so if you, if you want to disparage or criticize or have a difference of opinion, we're all here and do it with us. And um, please lay off the staff if please. you can, because uh, they work hard and uh, we're the ones who, who, uh, who should be uh, taking any, any of the heat that goes along with anything. Uh, not the staff. Um, I will say, with respect to Mr. Loisel, um, it does show that Mr. Milano has a great aptitude for great hires. If, uh, <laughs> if someone that he selected is has been chosen in less than six, six weeks, so I'm sure that he'll find someone who is uh, just as good uh, to fill that role very soon. Um, uh, third, with respect to the pension liability, uh, I just want to say that... Um, uh, 10 or 15 years ago when um, town staff and elected officials and war committee members, of which Ms. Conlon was one and I was one, um, many years ago when we were looking into paying off that liability, it seemed like a long ways away. Uh, the late 2020s seemed like a long ways away. So uh, those who uh, made those decisions, those, again, elected officials and um, war committee members appointed town staff, uh, appointed officials, they deserve a lot of credit uh, for taking the initiative 10 and 15 years ago to get us on this road where we're in, in a very good position with respect to our pension liability. Uh, and then finally, again, uh, jumping off from what uh, Mr. Milano said, uh, Porch Fest is this Saturday, noon to six, and one of our members that I'm aware of, there may be others who are performing, oh, no. But one of our members, uh, Mr. Zoll, will be performing. And so uh, so an anyone that wants to get out and criticize an elected official, <laughs> show up and uh, show up. and Just and, spare my bandmates. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. They didn't sign up for, for the public exactly. comment. So uh, look, everyone's looking forward to that. And we'll, uh, we'll look forward. What time are you playing on, on Saturday? Uh, 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Yes. All right. So thank uh, you. Look Mr. for Mr. Listen, look for Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Zoll. Best. It's fair game. Fair game. <laughs> we've we've got rehearsal tomorrow night, so all hopefully right. we'll sound all right. All right. Okay. Uh, Ms. Ms. Musta. I just wanted to add one thing. Um, I wanted to do a shout out for the Milton National Night Out that oh, was yes, at the yes, PlayStation. Yes, um, yes. I saw Mr. Milano over there. It was a great time. A lot of people showed up. Great weather. Um, and thank the police for putting that on. It was a great community event, and um, thank the police for all that they did. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, item 11, public comment response. Uh, anything on that? Um, uh, item 12, future meeting dates. We have next Tuesday. Uh, we have uh, a public hearing for the Governor Stoughton Trust on the 19th, which the, uh, the um, uh, neighbors uh, have expressed interest in that date, and so they're all aware of that. Um, I, there was some discussion of maybe um, uh, perhaps um, sending out notices to abutters. Um, the Governor Stoughton Trust hasn't appropriated the money to do that. So, uh, and, and I'm questioned, there is a question about whether it's appropriate to, to, to spend Governor Tr Stoughton Trust money to do that. So I think we'll try to get the word out uh, through free media. Uh, since it's the I mean, uh, it seems like the neighborhood associations are aware of. Yeah. So, so I, so I, I just wanted to clarify that. I mean, the Governor Stoughton Trust could take that up. I guess we wanted to put it up next week, put on the agenda next week about whether we want to spend money. But I, I'm not sure that that's something we should 
be doing, and I'm, I'm, I see mm -hmm. consensus on that. So, uh, so we'll get the word out uh, through free media and through the neighborhood associations. That's really uh, uh, that's 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 a good way to do it as well. And then we have a meeting on the 26th. So. Um, any issues with uh, just a reminder that I will be on my honeymoon on September 26th and I will not be zooming in all right, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. three days all right. into the marriage don't want to spoil it all right. okay. um, not only fair game for the public but fair game for the new one um, all right um, so that's good to know um, all right um, uh, if there's nothing further on executive session is, is uh, uh, item 13, and I will I will make the motion to go in an executive session for the three items. Let me first ask Mr. Milano if we will be returning to open session, if there is a need to return to open session or think, a purpose to return to open I session. I think potentially for the landing lease agreements. Okay. All right. So uh, so we will we'll be returning to open session. So uh, I'll move to enter into an executive session to discuss the purchase exchange lease or, va or value or value of real property, Town Landing, Wharf Street, based on my belief that discussion on this matter in open session may have a detrimental effect on the, on the, on the bargaining position of the select board, and the select board will return to open session. Second. Motion's been made and second. Any discussion? All those, further, it's, all those in favor, it's a roll call vote. Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Mr. Zoll? Yes. And Mr. Zulis, yes. Um, I move to enter into executive session to discuss strategy with respect to collective bargaining, Milton Firefighters, Local 1116, based on my belief that discussion of this matter in open session may have a de detrimental effect on the negotiating position of the select board. The select board will return to open session. Second. Motion to made second. Any further discussion? All those in favor, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Mr. Zoll? Yes. Mr. Zulis, yes. And finally, I move to enter into executive session to discuss uh, 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 strategy with respect to litigation filed uh, by the Town of Milton versus the Federal Aviation Administration under 22-152 U.S. Court of Appeals First Circuit, based on my belief that discussion of this matter in open session may have a detrimental effect on the litigating position of the select board. The select board will return to open session. Second. Okay. Motion's been made and seconded. <laughs> Um, any discussion? All those in favor of Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Wells? Yes. Mr. Zola? Yes. Mr. Zulis? Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone. We will um, retire to executive session, and we will return to open session for, I believe, a very brief time after the executive session. We are now moving to executive session.
back to the um, uh, September 5th, 2023 meeting of the Milton Select Board. Uh, we return from executive session. We'll now go to item 16, discussion approval lease agreements for the town landing Warp Street. Uh, I believe we have two uh, to consider, uh, one for lot C at the town landing and one for uh, 25 Warp Street. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're, we're back. We're back. Are we here? It was a picture of the empty room for uh, uh, okay. <laughs> a, little, a little freaky. All right. Okay. We're here now. All right. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, but but I what I said came through. Yes. All right. Sure. Mm -hmm. So I was just going to say that's the important part. That that of course, it is. That would be. That would be Pretentious? Yeah, pretentious. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have two uh, two lease agreements uh, for consideration. Oh, a motion. no, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, I'll make a motion. Thanks. Yes. I'll make a motion <laughs> to approve a lease, the lease agreement with the Neponset Growing Club for Lot C uh, at the town landing uh, in the amount of uh, $7,200 in year one. And a lease of three years? Five years. Five, five. I'm sorry, five year lease uh, with increasing rent at uh, 2.5% per year. I'll second that. Motion's been made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor? Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Zool? Yes. Mr. Zool, yes. Um, item two under um, item 16 is the lease agreement with um, the Milton Yacht Club for uh, 25 Wharf Street. Uh, I'll make a motion to approve the lease agreement with the Milton Yacht Club. Oh, no. I can hear you through Aaron. You can hear him through All me. Right. Do I need to restart? Just restart? All right, let's restart. Okay. I'll do it quickly. I'll do it quickly. All right. Um, we have to restart because mics weren't on and recordings weren't being made. Good evening, good evening again, everyone. Um, uh, this is the return of the Milton Select Board meeting for September 5th, 2023. We have returned from uh, executive session. Uh, and item 16 is discussion approval of lease agreements for the town landing Wharf Street. We have two lease agreements for consideration. First, I will move to approve a lease agreement with the Neponset Rowing Club for lot C at the town landing in the amount of $7,200 in the first year for a five-year lease with increases of 2.5% per year. I'll second. Motion's been made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor, Ms. Bradley? Yes. Ms. Musto? Yes. Mr. Zoll? Yes. And Mr. Zoulis, yes. Uh, the second uh, item under uh, item 16 is uh, a proposed lease agreement with the Milton Yacht Club for 25 Wharf Street. I'll make a motion to approve the lease agreement with the Milton Yacht Club uh, for 25 Wharf Street at the, in the amount of $2,500 per year for five years. I'll second. Motion's been made and seconded. Any further discussion? I just want to make a Mr. quick Zool. note. Um, since Mr. Wells, uh, we're, we're assuming that his phone may have died or a computer may have died, but he participated in this executive session. And I think he will be in favor of what's happening. But obviously, we can't say that he's voting for it. But I think that it's worth noting that he did join the discussion in the executive session. And I think it's worth noting. I think it's point well taken that that that, that that's that he was in, um, involved in the executive session. It's also uh, uh, worth noting that uh, Mr. Wells's efforts have um, have brought us to this point. Um, yes, his I efforts on right. behalf of the town landing and the 
and the um, he's there. And yeah, he's back now. Oh, he is back. Okay, I'm back. Oh, all right. We, uh, <laughs> I got when we went from executive session. I couldn't get the link to get back in. Right. Richard, we we voted already the Neponset Rowan Club lease. I, that's okay. I would add. And I heard I heard Mr. Um, Mr. Zoll's comments. He's okay. correct. Okay. I would vote yes. All right, and 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 so the the motion we have now is the motion to approve uh, the lease agreement with the Milton Yacht Club for twenty five Wharf Street, the amount of twenty five hundred dollars a year for five years. Which uh, motion? And that motion has been made and seconded. seconded. Um, any further discussion? <laughs> Seeing none, Ms. Bradley. Yes. Ms. Musto. Yes. Mr. Wells. Yes. Mr. Zoll. Yes. And Mr. Zulis. Yes. All right. Item 17 is is a motion to adjourn. I'll make a motion to adjourn. I'll second. Motion's been made and seconded. It will be a roll call vote. Ms. Bradley. Yes. Ms. Musto. Yes. Mr. Wells. Yes. Mr. Zoll. Yes. And Mr. Zulis. Yes. We are adjourned. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us. And we will be back next week on September 12th, 2023 at 7 p.m. Thank you very much. Thank you.